Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio of the net. Kicking down the walls. Blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches. And you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative radio is coming for you. Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. Okay, what are we talking about this evening? Well, Afternoon. What is this? I don't remember. <laughs> We're going to start the show with the Pledge of Allegiance. We will review the Forgotten War, the War of 1812, because we didn't get to it last show. Then it's the economy, stupid. Not our economy, but yeah, actually it's going to affect our economy, whatever happens over there in Europe, unfortunately, right? Yep. And where are we on the war on terror? Wait till you hear this one, folks. Followed by medical madness, if we get to it. Medical madness is pretty mad. We better get to the war on terror now. The medical madness is pretty mad. We shall see. (laughs) If we get to it. I mean, I couldn't believe the stories I found. I was like, what? What? Well, we're never going to get to it if you don't start talking about it. <laughs> I mean, you know. sorry. All right. Patriots, hand of a heart, face the flag. You don't have a flag, get a flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Oh, and look. America was fixed. Thank you, Susan. You're welcome. So this is a new segment, The Forgotten War. It's just a one-time thing, or what? Yeah, it is. Because, um, actually, no, you're right. I could also put in the Spanish-American War. Nobody talks about that either. Nobody talks about the Korean War or Vietnam War. Yeah, they do. Maybe it's time someone really talked about the truth about Vietnam. They don't talk about that. They talk about battles and this, that, and the other. How about the real deal? Why did we go? It wasn't important. Why didn't we win? Because they're not the answers we've been told. I, I know that. Now, this is from World Net Daily, Brian, when usually they do a really good job. But I am not sure. you got to look at the author. Right. And I'm not sure if, well, you'll, you read it. Because when I found out about this, 
I had no clue that we had all these British soldiers still in our country after the Revolutionary War. Yeah. That's why they didn't ever get out. They never intended of getting out. And they that was a break of the treaty right right there. But we didn't want to poke the bear too much because, you know, we're a fledgling country. We didn't even have a navy yet to speak of. All right, for World Net Daily, the French Revolution had left the country in chaos. 26, see, what's the difference between God-fearing revolution and atheist revolution, ladies and gentlemen? I give you the difference between the American Revolution and the French Revolution. That even turned Thomas Paine into a deist. And he could have even been a Christian by the time he died. I don't know. But the French Revolution had left the country in chaos. Not here. 26-year-old Napoleon fired cannons down the streets of Paris, mowing down French citizens in the 13 Vendemeyer Revolt, whatever that says, 1795. The French directory then made the young Napoleon general of the Army of Italy. Napoleon won decisive victories against the Italians and Australians, I mean Austrians, in 1796. He conquered the Ottoman Egypt in 1798. In 1799, when the French directory collapsed, Napoleon staged a coup d'etat and seized power, being installed as the first council. Needing funds, Napoleon sold the Louisiana Territory to the United States in 1803. Um, needing funds, he sold it to After the Battle of Marengo, Napoleon had himself made emperor in 1804. After the Battle of Austerlitz, Napoleon dissolved the thousand-year-old Holy Roman Empire. In 1805, Napoleon suffered a setback when his combined Franco-Spanish fleet was defeated at the Battle of Trafalgar. Conquering across Europe, Napoleon invaded Russia in June of 1814 with 500,000 men. Six months later, he retreated with only 50,000. And that was due to which famous general, ladies and gentlemen? Trick question. It's their famous general, General Winter. That's right. Russia's winters are so horrible. They call it General Winter. And anybody that tries to invade them during winter suffers greatly. And Napoleon should have known that and retreated when the weather when the weather was due to come. But no, he insisted on pushing through because he's a narcissistic ass. So that's why all those people had to die, just because he's narcissistic jackass. The Napoleonic Wars resulted in an estimated 6 million military and civilian deaths across Europe. Wow, I, you know, you're right. Our, our, our wars are so much worse than they were before. Which wars did we lose 6 million people in again? Oh, that didn't happen. Right, right. Napoleon's power waned until he was exiled to the island of Elba. Britain, the most powerful nation in the world, then turned its attention back toward America. The War of 1812 began on June 18, 1812. 
James Madison wrote, September 20, 1814, the capture of nearly a thousand American vessels and the impressment of thousands of American seafaring citizens by the government of Great Britain, our beloved country, persevering hostility must carry with it the good wishes of the impartial world and the best hopes of support from an omnipotent and kind providence. You know, some people say it's omnipotent, some say omnipotent. I wonder what's the right way to do it. I write that down so I look it up later. Okay. The British-backed Indian terrorist attacks on American settlements by supporting Shawnee leader Tecumseh, President James Madison told Congress March the 9th, 1812, the British government, through a secret agent, was employed fomenting disaffection and intrigues with the disaffected for the purpose of destroying the Union. The discovery of such a procedure will not fail to render more dear to the hearts of all good citizens that happy union of these states which, under divine providence, is the guarantee of their liberties. What was the guarantee of their liberties? God. That's right. Now, I will, I have to tell you this. James Madison doth go on. He's very wordy when he writes. And this was he this looks like it's been heavily redacted. I feel really bad for the Madisons because of this of the War of 1812. And if they don't get to it, I'm going to give you the backstory because when we highlighted Dolly and James Madison uh, on the Women of the Revolution, we highlighted Dolly Madison. Um, they really went into detail what happened to them and the White House. I mean, it was horrendous, Brian. It was really it was horrendous. Okay. Then. <laughs> if they don't get to it, we'll, I'll give them well, the backstory. There's only one way to find out. I know. I have to read. Hey, i got to show you something before we move on. This has never happened on the switchboard. I don't even know what that means, that it's red. I have no clue. I, that's Health markets. Yeah. That's our commercial. Click it. And that, too. Click no, it. I can't click it. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> no, I'll do it when it comes up, but look at that. No, when it comes up, that'll be too late to upload it. I mean, it's already uploaded. Why is it red? This, you know, this switchboard has been really wacky lately. Our internet has been really wacky lately. And I'm not worried about it. whatever Whatever it throws at us, we'll take it. Okay. Shawnee Chief Tecumseh, being armed by the British, formed a confederation of Indian tribes across a thousand-mile frontier. Incited by Tecumseh, you know, I read a really cool book about this and i wish i could remember the name it's a series of books actually it's really weird because in, in that one we didn't go to war with the indians we didn't cross the ohio uh on the other side of hollywood the indians it was like an altered america altered reality america and, it, and it, i thought i would hate that but he did it it was a great job a really good story anyway uh if I ever find out what the heck that is, because I don't own the books anymore, I'll let you know. So, Shawnee, where was I? Incited by Tecumseh, the Red Stick Creek Indians attacked Fort Mims, Alabama, on August the 30th, 1813. Driven by rumors the British were paying cash for scalps, the Red Sticks killed over 500 men, women, and children, in the largest Indian massacre in American history. 
Outraged Americans volunteered, including Davy Crockett, Sam Houston, and Daniel Boone, though Boone was turned down being age 78. Good for him. In a proclamation of war, June the 19th, 1812. One of our only proclamations of war, may I add. I don't even know if, I don't think they declared war in the War of 1812. Only Congress can declare war. President can proclaim war and make war, but only Congress can declare war. De declaration of war is just a legal instrument, and it's something you just don't want. Everybody thinks that's what you want, but it's not what you want, because you put the whole world on notice that they help that country, that that's an act of war. You want to go to war with the whole damn world? This is why they don't, they hard, almost never declared war. Now I'm going to look out if they ever did win. But this is this has nothing to do with that because he's the president, that's the executive, he doesn't declare war. But he made his proclamation of war. I do moreover exhort all the good people of the United States, cut, as they feel the wrongs which have forced on them the last resort of injured nations, cut, to consult the best means under the blessing of divine providence of abridging its calamities. When I said cut, it's because they cutted something out. That's They had those three dots. That means there were other words that... President James Madison told Congress, We behold, cut, on the side of Great Britain, a state of war, cut, whether the United States shall continue passive under these progressive usurpations and these accumulating wrongs cut shall commit a just cause into the hands of the almighty disposer of events i i sure hope you guys can't hear that wind it's pretty loud the british had captured main cities of eastport castine hamden bangor and machias a second great awakening revival swept america President Madison, who had introduced the First Amendment in the first session of Congress, proclaimed the day of public humiliation and prayer, July the 9th, 1812, a day to be set apart for the devout purpose of rendering the sovereign of the universe and the benefactor of mankind the public homage due to his holy attributes, of acknowledging the transgressions which might justly provoke the manifestations of his divine displeasure, of seeking his merciful forgiveness and his assistance in the great duties of repentance, cut, and especially of offering fervent supplications that in the present season of calamity and war he would take the American people under his peculiar care and protection. I always think people are cutting something like, using the word Jesus Christ or something out of there. But I don't know what they cut out of there, because I didn't see it till just today. I do a cold show, so I, I'm reading this article for the first time. Madison stated, November the 4th, 1812, the war in which we actually engaged in was preceded by a patience without example under wrongs accumulating without end. Cut. Appeal was accordingly made. Cut. To the just and all-powerful being who holds in his hand the chain of events 
and the destiny of nations. Cut. We prosecute the war with the United Councils. Cut. Until peace be so obtained. Cut. Under the divine blessing. On February the 24th, 1813, Madison told Congress, Great Britain had already introduced into her commerce during the war, cut, a mass of forgery and perjury, cut, making an unfortunate progress in undermining those principles of morality and religion which are the best foundation of national happiness, cut. The general tendency of these demoralizing and disorganizing contrivances will be reprobated by the civilized and Christian world. Yes, he uses flowery words, too. Unlike the guy who wrote a documentary on Madison that thought uh, he was shy, he didn't like to speak in public, he didn't use big words. Wow, you were wrong on all three accounts. Oh, fourth, because you also said Madison said uh, the court should decide whether law is constitutional or not in Federalist 89. Well, and you know... No, Federalist 89 was written by Hamilton, not Madison. And we all know Hamilton was a statist. Of course he said that. He set himself up. I keep telling everybody, that is not a legal document. That's not part of our founding documents. That are, Those are articles that were put out to uh, get the Constitution ratified. So it was only allying the fears of those within the states they were doing like New York was one. So they only touch on the points of concern of the people to get them to vote. By far, a completely ridiculous waste of time to learn the Constitution. You will not learn it from the Federalist Papers. <laughs> I can tell you that now. It won't happen. It's only one way. James Madison's notes. If you thought it was a lot of slogging through the Federalist Papers, Wait for that one. Four months, six days a week. Yes, they were Christian. It took seventh day off. And I thought they would explain more about what happened in the War of 1812, but they're just going about he, what Madison's saying. He's going with his speeches. But they've cut out the individual things that he was saying. That's why there's all these cuts throughout it. Uh, I don't think I have to say cut anymore, do I? No. It kind of annoys you, I sure. <laughs> it, it breaks up like what the message is. Right. But I do watch, uh, these are heavily redacted, just the way I was saying them, that's the way it is, and uh, I don't know what they cut out. I have no way of knowing, I'd have to do a lot of research on that. Alright, so anyway, on March 4th, 1813, President Madison stated, I should be compelled to shrink if I felt less deeply a conviction that the war with the powerful nation is stamped with that justice which invites the smiles of heaven on the means of conducting it to a successful termination. On May 25, 1813, in a special session message to Congress, Madison stated, The contest in which the United States are engaged appeals to the sacred obligation of transmitting entire to future generations that precious independence which is held in trust by the present from the God, the goodness of divine providence. Uh, my eyes are a little off today, sorry. On July 23rd, 1813, Madison proclaimed that a national day of public humiliation, uh, uh, double tap, 
Yep. No, it's 1813. Humility and prayer. Yeah, I know, but he repeated himself. He did. Check on yourself. Go back and see. July 23rd, 1813. But by the timeline, we just said May 25th, so no, that's got to be right. Right. On July 23rd, 1813, Madison proclaimed a national day of public humiliation and prayer. In times of certain calamities, such as that of the war, it is especially becoming that the hearts of all should be turned to that almighty power in whose hands are the welfare and the destiny of nations. For he has blessed the United States with a political constitution founded on the will and authority of the whole people and guaranteeing to each individual security not only of his person and his property, but of those sacred rights of conscience so essential to his present happiness and so dear to his future hopes. Now, that is profound. That is exactly what the Constitution was about. And he knew that. He helped write it, of course I he did. I know he did, but... Well, I should say he helped create it. That is... In the First Amendment, he had a right of conscience, and they took it out. They didn't think it was important. They thought it, they thought it was implied. Well, yeah, because everyone was Christian. Right. There might have been a few Jews over here. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They were still under, they were still Judeo-Christian. Judeo-Christian. So, of course, they were like, well, we don't have to do this. This is what we all live by anyway. Not not realizing the debauchery. Well, well no, what it already Prague. said covers that. Freedom, free expression of religion. Free, that That covers it all. You know, they were a little concerned about adding too many words so people could twist them around. I don't know, like the courts have done t- today. Unbelievable. They know all too well they are full of crap. They know all too well that's not what it means. They don't care. Now, tell me why we don't impeach them. And when it comes time for pitchforks and torches, I suggest you start at the Supreme Court. All right. Now, where was I interrupted? Hopes. That's it. That he would pardon our manifold transgressions and awaken and strengthen all the wholesome purposes of repentance. So he would bestow his blessings on our arms in resisting the hostile if the public, I'm sorry, it's just some, some places where they cut it, it just trips me up. Resisting the hostile if the public homage of a people can ever be worthy of the favorable regard of the holy and omniscient being to whom it is addressed. It must be that in which those who join in it are guided only by their free choice, by the impulse of their hearts and the dictates of their consciences, that religion, that gift of heaven for the good of man, freed from all coercive edicts and making no appeal but to reason, to the heart, and to the conscience, can spread its benign influence everywhere, and can attract to the divine altar those free will offerings of humble supplication. The British attack on Lake Erie on December the 7th, 1813, Madison stated, It has pleased the Almighty to bless our arms both on the land and on the water. On Lake Erie, the squadron under the command of Captain Perry Having met the British squadron of superior force, a sanguinary conflict ended in the capture of the whole. 
we may humbly repose our trust in the smiles of heaven on so righteous a cause. The British invaded the U.S. Capitol on August 25, 1814, and burned the White House, the Library of Congress, the Treasury, the Patent Office, and the Navy Yard. President James Madison was directing troops, and Dolly Madison had to flee the White House. Okay, so I'm going to give See, that's a what people don't know either. President James Madison was General James Madison. Right. He took that seriously. He actually went on the battlefield. He didn't just sit in the White House and make rules of engagement. Well, well I'll give you a little backstory on this, okay? When this was his second term, and um, they had to, they, first of all, they, we had to, like you said, we didn't have a standing army. We didn't have a standing army. We didn't have a standing navy. And we didn't have a standing navy. So when the British were here. You're not they, supposed to have a standing army. I know. So the reason that they got to the White House is because we didn't have enough time to gather enough people to defend it. No, because they didn't wake up to the fact that the British weren't abandoning their forts as agreed to. In the, in the Treaty the, of Paris. That's right. And they stayed. And that's that's a violation of the treaty. They should have been building up right then and there for that war. They should have prepared for it because it was coming because they already violated the treaty. They're saying they're going to do what they want. Well, Thomas Je when Thomas Jefferson was president after the war, he started slashing everything because they were trying to pay off the war debt. Correct. No, but they were trying to build up a navy, but it takes it takes time. That's why ships have to be built. They're not built like today. I mean, well, maybe with unions, maybe it is the same. I don't know. That's it takes why, a long time. That's why when Carter devastated our military, just like Obama's doing, it, it took forever to build it back up. Same premise. Reagan did a pretty good job. Moved pretty quick. Although, it wasn't quick enough for me because I was, I was in during Reagan. So, with all these forts all over the place in the colonies, and the British still there, and also in taking in the Indians to help them as well, they were attacking swiftly, faster than we could muster. Well, they they were ready for this the whole time. They they just were waiting for them not to be at war with anybody else, so they could direct all of their attention on America. See, that's why they lost in the first place, is because they were split. They're at war with France. They're at war with us. Spain. Spain. So, you know, they had to have fleet over there and a fleet over here to attack us. And so they had to split their forces. And, and if they, they had their full force to bear, well, this is a this is kind of a good example. Yes. So they pretty much, like, were really attacking us heavily. When it came to the White House, they had told James Madison to get out. I mean, get out. He'd just leave everything behind, get out. Dolly refused. She refused because she said there were so many important papers, and she knew they were going to go to the Library of Congress, and the, the Constitution was That was, was my there, first thought. And the Constitution Oh, I don't there. care about that. There's numerous copies right. of the Constitution. But and, I don't care. I want all those, you know, they're historic documents. Right. The British remind me of the Muslims. This is what the Muslims would do. So Dolly Madison said no, and two of her servants stayed with her. And this is a true story. Nobody really, nobody talks about this. They just said, oh, the only thing that they say about her is that she rescued George Washington's uh, portrait. No, no. Oh, no, no, no. She I doubt took, she did that. She didn't she took, like, she, she hated that portrait. She took, Dolly Madison took all of her clothes out of every single trunk that she could actually, anything, all of, all the belongings she had anywhere. 
to get her and her servants took everything out of all kinds of trunks, all everything she owned, and put all as many documents, as many books, as many treasures as she possibly could in her own stuff. And the, these three women loaded it onto a, 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 a wagon by themselves with two black slaves, okay? The men were, were going to drive everything. She left literally three hours before the British landed to oh. save everything. Good for her. And nobody, no one tells that story. We found Most that out. Most people don't know it. And, and today they don't tell anything about the revolution, the war, the war of 1812, the founding fathers, the constitution, the constitutional convention. None of it. If they learn the constitution, they, they learn what it doesn't mean. But again, Instead of saving her stuff, she forfeited everything she owned to save our documents for of the course, country. Of course, the clothes can be replaced. But though, really, you think Mama Obama would be doing that right now? They made all their own clothes back then. You know how easy that's pretty easy to replace when you make them yourself. Themselves more than the country. And with that, we're gonna go to a break. So, Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. <laughs> You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? The following message is brought to you by Health Markets, your first choice when you need health insurance for your small business. Do you offer health insurance to your employees? Call us now and see if you can save money. Do you want to offer vision and dental to your employees? Call us. Do you think you're paying too much for your current health insurance? Call us. Do you want somebody else to do all the legwork and search thousands of health plans from over 180 health insurance companies nationwide? Call us. We're Health Markets, and thanks to a little-known solution, we could help your business save thousands of dollars on health insurance costs and save your employees money, too. Our service is free. Don't miss the great savings. Call now. 800-862-0336. 800-862-0336. That's 800-862-0336. Health Markets Insurance Agency is DBA of InSphere Insurance Solutions, Inc. Licensed in all states. Product availability varies. This is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-511-3024, 800-511-3024, 800-511-3024, 800-511-3024.
You hear the headlines. You know health insurance is a real mess right now. Premiums have skyrocketed, and in most cases, you're stuck with your plan until open enrollment. But there's a government rule that allows you to qualify for lower health insurance rates if your life has changed. That means if you've changed jobs, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, even if you run a small business or you're self-employed, this law may qualify you to get lower health insurance rates. Call the health insurance hotline today. Learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates. This is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates. So call right now to learn more. 800-296-1140. That's 800-296-1140. You hear the headlines. You know health insurance is a real mess right now. Premiums have skyrocketed, and in most cases, you're stuck with your plan until open enrollment. But there's a government rule that allows you to qualify for lower health insurance rates if your life has changed. That means if you've changed jobs, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, even if you run a small business or you're self-employed, this law may qualify you to get lower health insurance rates. Call the health insurance hotline today. Learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates. This is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates. So call right now to learn more. 800-296-1140. That's 800-296-1140. Back to the Corporate Radio Show. Okay, back to the War of 1812. The British invaded the U.S. Capitol August 25th, 1814, burning all those things to the ground. Luckily, Madison was directing troops, and Dolly Madison, well, we covered that before the show. She had to flee. On September the 1st, 1814, In a proclamation after the British invaded the capital, Madison stated, The enemy, by a sudden incursion, has succeeded in invading the capital of the nation. During their possession, though for a single day only, they wantonly destroyed the public edifices. On occasion, which appeals so forcibly to the patriotic devotion of the American people, None will forget the glory acquired by fathers in establishing the independence is now to be maintained by their sons and with the strength and resources heaven had blessed them. Sorry, heavily redacted. (laughs) Some of it didn't even make sense to me. Okay, you know what they did? Not only did they burn and loot they were drinking every every freaking drop of liquor they could find. So they were urinating on. If they're things. burning down everything, Susan, that's part and parcel of the behavior. They it, eat everything, they yep. drink everything, and be merry, and that's what they do. Yep. 
spoils of war, dear. Why is that surprising? And they were Christians. I'm sure not all of them, but officers almost always in Europe were religious and Christian. Well, the other of one, you know, one church or the other. The other backstory to this is that all of the um, furniture and dishes and linens and everything, Dolly Madison in her first term, in his first term, took their own money to ensure that the White House was presentable for ambassadors coming over from other countries. And she was the only one to do it because, remember, they didn't have the uh, White House set up even until uh, the Adamses. There was no defenses set up. That's the bottom line. But, but I'm just saying she did all this on her own dime, and they burnt it all down. Oh, well. Um, why do you act like war is supposed to be pretty? And there's all kinds of rules. There isn't. And by the way, it's likely they're so, well, secular because of the creation of the Anglican Church, which was the which is now the only religion allowed to be worshipped in England at the time. So and then he secularized that church. The king was the head of the church. He created it. He kicked out the Roman Catholic Church because he wouldn't give him any more annulments. I'm not. Every time I give you an omen, you chop off somebody's head. I ain't giving you another omen. That's what he said. And so, well, off with his head and out with the Catholic Church. Now, secularizing the church has has an effect on its followers. They become less spiritual and more physical, if you will. Well, but George Washington put out specific rules of engagement for our people and our officers. That's what he did. Right, I'm saying. Obviously, you're not required by the Christian faith. Not in the Anglican Church. I know. Again, we never did to the British what the British did to us. I mean, it was bad. That's because we were a Christian nation, and nobody wants to believe that for some reason. Overwhelmingly Christian. My goodness. It was and anyway, everybody, almost everybody was a Christian. I just, uh, you know, well, again, when they talk about religion in the Constitution, they're talking about the different sects of Christianity. They were called the separate religions. They were considered separate religions, rightly so, because they didn't follow the same precepts as the other one. So, you know, when everyone thinks they're better than the other one and they got it right, and here you go. And everyone claims to be the oldest church. I like that one. You know, you know history traces how churches were created, and you can't just willy-nilly say we were the first. Like Muslims do that. How is that possible? 660 A.D. That's after the birth of Christ. So Judaism and Christianity both predate Islam, which is evil. And the religion of Lucifer. And the battle for the end times. Oh, we're here. Oh, boy, are we here. The British invaded the U.S. Oh, I did that already. Blah, blah, blah. Um, there's, oh, this is the one that, like, he, man, they tore the hell out of that speech. I know how Madison speaks. That is, yuck. Awkward, kludgy. I guess they felt we didn't feel the need to read the whole thing. <laughs> so I don't understand why people think English needs to be translated. A few weeks later, on September the 13th, 1814, the British bombarded Fort McHenry. As Francis Scott Key wrote of 
bombs bursting in air. On November the 16th, 1814, Madison proclaimed the National Day of Public Humiliation. Notice he always has a public humiliation. Fasting and prayer. But he always includes humiliation to be humble, to humble oneself. The two houses of the, well, that's what, that's why John Adams was such a jerk. He had no humility. The two houses of the national legislature having by a joint resolution expressed their desire that in the present time of public calamity and war, a day may be recommended to be observed by the people of the United States as a day of public humiliation and fasting and of prayer to Almighty God for the safety and welfare of these states, his blessing on their arms, and a speedy restoration of peace. I have deemed it proper to recommend a day of voluntary offering, humble adoration to the great sovereign of the universe, of confessing their sins and transgressions, and of strengthening their vows of repentance. You know, you're absolutely right. Oh, by right. the way, Sean Hannity missed this today, so I just thought I'd bring it up. I was talking about how they were translating what the guy was saying, and every time he said Allah, they translated it to God. Uh, that's, a, that's a serious affront to Judeo-Christians. We do not worship the same God. And here's something else people might not know who haven't studied other languages. You don't translate proper names, proper nouns. Someone's name is somebody. It's somebody's name. If it's Allah, it's Allah. It's not God. It doesn't get translated because they don't worship Allah. I mean, they don't worship God. They worship Allah. Allah was the moon god of Arabia. Why in all uh, all the heaven and earth and all the gods they worshipped back then did he choose the the god of moon, the god of darkness, the god of night? Gee, that sounds like Lucifer, doesn't it? Uh, that's why I say Lucifer's religion. Uh, that's why it's a perversion of the Judeo-Christian religions. It is a, it's a perversion of Judeo-Christianism. He copied everything from the Torah, all his rules. He just changed words around. Like uh, kosher. Jews have to eat kosher food. And one of the things they can't eat of the cloven hoof. Like pigs. Well, Islam. Ditto. But Islam takes it further. If you even touch a pig, you're going to hell. So, uh, like I'm saying, they twist. It's a. Tw it's. It's got enough truth in there from the Torah and 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 writings of Jesus, and uh, but he did. He completely rejected Jesus. Not translate Allah. It is their God's name. Our God has no name. Closest thing we have is the Alpha and the Omega. Now, if you study the Torah and Judaism, there there are there are other names of God, but, but we just mostly call him God. Call the entity God. I Lord knows I wouldn't want to give him a gender. Oh, I did it again. I said him. I don't know. That's my perception of him. The British attacked New Orleans. When the war ended, President James Madison addressed Congress February the 18th, 1815. I lay before Congress copies of the Treaty of Peace between the United States and His Britannic Majesty. We accord in grateful acknowledgments for the protection which Providence has bestowed upon us. 
Can you get some information on how exactly we came to a peace treaty? Since it's not going to say in this article anywhere. And actually, I'm just getting tired of this. This is nothing but speeches made by Madison on the during the War of 1812. This is you can't learn about the War of 1812 this way. Why did it start? Why did it end? What did we? They burnt the capital to the ground. Oh, I see your problem. War is not a computer game. It's not capture the flag. They'd have to retain possession of the land. If they were beat back, they lost. Regardless if they burned the capital to the ground. On March the 4th, 1815. Oh man, here we go again. President Madison proclaimed the National Day of Thanksgiving to be observed by the people of the United States with the religious solemnity as a day of thanksgiving and of devout acknowledgments to Almighty God for his great goodness manifested in restoring them to the blessing of peace. No people ought to feel greater obligations to celebrate the goodness of the great disposer of events and of the destiny of nations than the people of the United States, to the same divine author of every good and perfect gift, we are indebted for all those privileges and advantages, religious as well as civil, which are so richly enjoyed in his favored land, especially for the restoration of the blessing of peace. Okay, well, I found out how the whole thing ended. End of lots of speeches. <laughs> What are you laughing at? You're the producer. You're the one who did this. I did do this. Uh, thank you very much for that. That was the biggest waste of time on air I've ever done. <sighs> dun, 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 dun. It's radio. you got to make noise. You said you're going to do something, then you're just sitting there. Okay, this is going back to the, the Lake Champlain. Speak to the microphone. The Lake Champlain um, battle. And this is where the turning point of the War of 1812. And then... We're going to go into negotiations for the, the peace treaty. And guess who was uh, in the negotiations? Jefferson. John Quincy Adams. Oh, man, he's everywhere. He was awesome. Uh, he, he was an awesome child. But he did. He studied diplomacy by, you know, being growing up over there. He did. And he was one of our great presidents. Well, I'm going to have to highlight him He gave up day. being with his own son so that he could go off and learn to be a great uh He gave up being with diplomat. his dad. No, Adams gave up being with his son. Oh, right. He sent John. As in John. John. He sent John off. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. On a nearby Lake Champlain, a concurrent naval battle brought a spectacular American victory. This is from A Patriot's History of the United States by Larry Schreinkart and Michael Allen. Michael P. Allen. It doesn't say P. It just says Michael Allen. What? See? Michael Allen. They didn't put his middle initial. They didn't. Okay, let's see. Where are we? Um, Captain Thomas McDonnell, the 30-year-old American commander, rallied his sailors, reminding them, impressed seamen call on every commander to his duty. Although knocked unconscious by a soaring, decapitated sailor's head, McDonnell delivered so much firepower that he sent Prevost and the British running. 
Despite these morale builders, there was more potential trouble in store. By the fall of 1814, a 3,000-man British army under General Edward Packenham was en route via ocean vessel to attack New Orleans. And that was the last one you just said. They were going to attack New Orleans. Right. More than two years of warfare on land and sea had produced no clear victor. Combat and stalemate had, however, inspired new opposition from New England's Federalists. When war commenced, Federalists thwarted it in many ways, some bordering on treason. A planned invasion of Canada through Lower Maine proved impossible because the Massachusetts and Connecticut militias refused to assist. Meanwhile, New Englanders maintained personal lines of communication with Britons, providing aid and comfort and thereby reducing the bargaining powers of American negotiators at Ghent. Did you know that? Yes. So I, there was still I've actually I've actually read that whole book. There was actually still loyalists after after the revolution. The the right. loyalists that didn't that didn't go to Nova that Scotia. That we didn't make them leave. See, it was actually a mistake when you think about it. Well, they had two choices. Either they will leave, they give up everything they own and they leave or they sign allegiance to the state. Well, if if they have allegiance to the government, not the state, uh then why are they helping the enemy? I know. So they made a oath before God and violated it. Yep. For Christians, that's a profoundly stupid thing to do. I mean, there was a lot of people that you can't break your oath to God. That's what. That's why Jews are persecuted. They constantly break their oath with God. He it's a covenant with it, and they break it. It's like it's in their nature. They just have to do it, and that's why they have all the trouble to this day that they do. And no, it is not, I am not a anti-Jewish person. I don't hate the Jews. I studied Judaism. I am telling you a fact. It's not likable, but it's a fact. And even the head rabbi in the Jewish religion agreed with me. Now, you can take what you want from there. If you want to study all the history of the Jews, and you would obviously have to come to the same conclusion because it's just obvious. But I don't know if you want to go through all that trouble. And the, but as far as Madison's speeches, if you really want to re hear the whole speeches that was redacted here, do a search for the Avalon Project. The Avalon Project is in Yale, so don't get freaked out. It's Yale.edu. It is in Yale.edu. Uh, but it's there's no politics in there. It's a, it's a repository of historical documents and if you're like me you stay away from it because every time i'm there i can't get out <laughs> i'm always finding cool stuff to read okay so now they're assisting them uh, meanwhile new englanders maintain personal lines of communication i did that and they appeared to be rewarded at the polls and saw and solid 1812 electoral gains in the presidential campaign and large 1814 victories for federalists in massachusetts connecticut delaware and maryland i would point out one thing before we go back to this do you hear how many times he talks about God in his speeches? Yes, that's what I was going to say also. Where's that separation of church and state? After all, Madison is the father of the Constitution. If it existed, what was all this, what's all this religious stuff? Separation of church and state doesn't exist. Their descent came to a head with the Hartford Convention of December of December 1814. 
which marked the height of Federalist intransgressions and last installment of their dark descent. Federalist dedicates from delegates from Massachusetts, Connecticut, Vermont, and Rhode Island gathered in Hartford, Connecticut, discussed and debated administration, foreign policy, and other issues, and concluded by issuing a call for a separate peace between New England and Britain and a constitutional amendments limiting the power of southern and western states. This is what happens in civil wars. Citizen versus citizen. Father against son, brother against sister, on and on. This was the second time New Englanders had danced around the issue of secession, having hatched a plot in 1804 to leave the Union if Jefferson was re-elected. Across the ocean at Ghent in Belgium, British and American negotiators, in, including Henry Clay, John Quincy Adams, and Albert Gallantin, parlayed well into the Christmas season. The days wore on, and Adams complained to his diary that the gregarious clay kept him awake all night drinking and gambling with their British colleagues. At last, both sets of negotiators conceded they possessed no military advantage. Britain's European victory over Napoleon, meanwhile, opened up a series of prospects and obligations they needed to immediately pursue. At long last, both nations agreed it was time to compromise and end the War of 1812. Which means nothing to Europeans, by the way, these treaties. If they did, they wouldn't constantly have, be at war with each other. And their wars have names like the Hundred Years War. Hundred Years War? Why it's called the Hundred Years War? Because it lasted for a hundred years. <laughs> That's ridiculous, I know. But that Europe's always been fighting with each other. And so just because they just, in their minds, they're just saying, well, right now I have other things to deal with and uh, we're going to agree to disagree and go our separate ways. However, when later on, when... The only thing that was good about John Adams is he, he built up a navy. Otherwise, I believe they would have came back. Because that's how they were with their fellow Europeans. They're always just waiting till the next time they're going to go to war. So Adams, despite all his shortcomings, he did do, that was a really great thing he did as president, was to build a, a good, strong Navy that could stand up to Britain. And by the way, one of the reasons uh, Brit our ships are superior to the British ships is the British ships don't have hardwood where they live. There's nothing but conifers over there, you know, uh, pine trees. So that's soft wood. And that's what they make their ships out of. Well, we made ass out, ours out of oak. And when an oak ship hits a pine ship, the pine ship goes bye-bye. All right, we're going to go to a break. Show cooperative radio show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. Oh, the Federal Reserve isn't federal at all. It isn't even 
close to being constitutional. It's fraudulently shoved this country up against the wall. Oh, the Federal Reserve isn't federal at all. Would you like to know the reasons why your taxes are so high? Would you like to know what fuels inflation every time you buy? Would you like to know who takes the biggest slice out of your pie? It's the Federal Reserve, and I'm here to tell you why. It's not that complicated to explain in layman terms. When something's really rotten, it is sure to crawl with worms. And that something really rotten happened in this nation's past. It's been feeding on our prosperity until now we're sinking fast. Whoa, the Federal Reserve isn't federal at all. It isn't even close to being constitutional. It's fraudulently shoved this country up against the wall. Oh, the Federal Reserve isn't federal at all. How would you like to print up money on your very own private press and loan it out to all your friends at staggering high interest? Then it wouldn't take too long until you own the whole neighborhood. Well, that's what the Fed's been doing since our Congress said they could. Now our Congress shirked their duty back in December 1913. That's when the value of our money changed from gold to inky green. And when they shrugged the Constitution off, they damned this nation's fate. It was a blatant violation of Article One and Section Eight. Whoa, the Federal Reserve isn't federal at all. It isn't even close to being constitutional. It's fraudulently shoved this country up against the wall. Oh, the Federal Reserve! But here's one thing: if you haven't guessed, there ain't a thing federal about the Federal Express, and the only thing federal about the Reserve is that it's criminal. Now, if I was to tell you that we're under martial law, and there ain't no sense in waiting for the final axe to fall, and that the money that we're spending's really military script, would you say that I've gone crazy? Or would you think that I've been hit? Whoa, the Federal Reserve isn't federal at all. It isn't even close to being constitutional. It's fraudulently shoved this country up against the wall. Oh, the Federal Reserve isn't federal at all. No, the Federal Reserve isn't federal. It's just criminal at all. Let's just dump it. Welcome to the Red State Cafe. My name's Darla. You ready to order, sweetie? Your omelets are made with organic eggs, right? They come from a chicken's ass. That organic enough for you, sugar? Ah,、uh, what's your pork? Is it steroid-free? It is by the time Chef Earl is done with it, honey. Well, how about your chicken fried steak? That's made with free-range chicken, right? Free-range? We can't afford to give it away, darling. Look, I don't see it on the menu, but can you just make me a progressive omelet? <laughs> Sugar, you're in the wrong restaurant. Whoops.、Uh, there's no calls for alarm. We have everything under control. Oh,、uh, because we know that something from nothing leaves something. 
Cause you gotta have something. The Recovery Act and our actions to fix the financial system were decisive in starting to turn the economy around. Growing uh, at a good clip. I'm calling this the recovery, the summer of recovery. The summer of recovery, or I might even call it the summer of projects. Our economy is stronger. That economic heartbeat is growing stronger. All of them have projects that are shovel-ready. Shovel-ready projects. Shovel-ready projects. We are seeing shovels hit the ground. Shovel-ready was not as uh, (laughs) shovel-ready as we expected. The next two years, our job now is putting our economy into overdrive. This is Obama's economy. That's fine. Give it to me. Radio show. Welcome to it. Welcome back. Say hello. And it's the economy stupid. Now, do we I, have a thing for the economy stupid? No, we don't. What happened to the story of money? That's seven minutes long. I know. <laughs> no. But it's and I shortened it to that. I know. It's did. cool though. It's a good learn. It's a good way to teach about money. Okay. The other thing I want to bring up about this is when I was doing research for the copy for the show. There's so much going on about the economy all over the world. And the only thing that we're talking about here is the stupid elections. I'm not kidding you. It no, is no, really getting I've got bad news for you. This is not a stupid election. This election is going to be one of the most important elections in history. It's very important. We're either going to win this and have hope or lose this and say goodbye. Another three years of this, there's nothing left. You have, to, you have to start from scratch. And that would require a revolution. But we're going to go around the world with this economy because there's a lot going on. But, yeah, but that's the other way they want to get to us. They want to collapse all yep. the economies. We're, we're, we're the holdout. That's why they're, they're tinkering with the idea of getting rid of that whole notion that we're a reserve currency so we can print money and it doesn't matter. Bad thing is, we have printed money, and that's against the Constitution. And I don't care if you think it's it's inconvenient to carry around coins. That's all they're allowed to do. And for good reason. No, they had paper money throughout history. In fact, they had it in this country during the colonial times. They went to a paper money. It was called the Colonial. And after the Revolutionary War, it wasn't worth anything. That's why there was a common saying. It isn't worth a continental. Why? Because it was fiat currency. It had nothing behind it. It has no value. In other words, at the end of it, it was a piece of paper with stuff printed on it, which is all it ever was. And they didn't want to. Ha- they didn't want to do that ever again. So they said, "Coin money." They already knew how to print it. They said, "No, coin it. Make it out of precious metals." And that's what we need to go back to. I know, change purchases are a bitch, but, you know, I'm just saying, when we're back to the Constitution, that's the reality of it. There is no printing of money. There is no Federal Reserve manipulating the economy. 
you and I will manipulate the economy. We, the people, will, by our actions, by our own desires, will manipulate the market. And that is how a free market is supposed to work. We don't have a free market. So when anybody's politician brings up the free market, they're full of crap. We don't, we're not even close to a free market. You've never lived in a free market. That's the real deal. But let's see what this Frank Hollenbeck, I, I, I've read a lot of stuff by him, actually, from Mises.org. The United Kingdom will on Thursday vote either to leave or remain in the European Union. It is called Brexit. B-R-E-X-I-T. Look, look that up and you'll find all about it. This is the most important European event of this century since it will likely have important domino effects for the rest of Europe. A recent poll showed that if the UK could keep free trade with EU nations, the British people would vote overwhelmingly to leave the EU. To drum up support for staying in the EU, the UK government and quasi-government agencies like the IMF, which we fund, and the OECD have, we fund all of the world stuff up there um to drum support the uk government and quasi-government agencies like the imf and oecd have issued continuous warnings about the costs of such a divorce the imf recently reiterated its forecast that brexit would have a significant negative effect on the uk economy with a drop in gdp anywhere between one and nine percent over the long term those are forecasts made by economists that don't know anything about economics. Keynesianism is an ism, and it's an idioticism. It's failed. It's proven failed. It's not supposed to be here. We're supposed to have a free, a free economy. We don't. We don't have a free market economy. And this, they, you think, of course, the international agencies try to say no. They worked so hard to get them all put together into a, a European Union where they now are all socialists and all controlled by a central government. I warned about the dangers of this when they were talking about even considering this European Union. Why would you let a bunch of elitist international politicians Create a new government under which you live under. Are you insane? This is what, another reason why the Convention of States is stupid. Not because you can't fix what ain't broken, because that's, that's, that seems to be something they can't comprehend. But that every word you put in there has to be carefully considered because you are forever changing what the Constitution means. And they, everybody thinks this is just willy-nilly, let's just go. Who are you going to send that knows the Constitution well enough to do this? And, by the way, you can't, because if we just enforce the Constitution, everything would be fine. A convention of states without the people forcing the national government to adhere to the new amendments to the Constitution will be a waste of time. 
because everyone that comes up with amendments spends all their time making illegal what's illegal behavior that they are already doing. I know how to I know how to fight that. Let's put it in the Constitution. They're allowed to do that, but we control how much they could do that. What are you doing? They're not allowed to do that now, you idiot. That's it. Legalize it. The reality is that Brexit will probably only have a minor initial impact on trade or GDP, and on the contrary, would open up vast possibilities for the UK to explore trade relations with other faster-growing regions of the world without having to reach complex trade agreements that satisfy the vested interests of the other 28 members of the EU. The impact of Brexit on trade has been grossly exaggerated. In today's world, a product has parts coming from all over the world. A BMW is only called German because of a historical association. I was going to say hysterical. <laughs> in reality, the, st the steel in a BMW may come from Brazil or China, the upholstery from the UK, the engine from France, and the electronics from the USA. Labor costs are only 10% of a car, and some may even be foreign labor. Also, profits are distributed to BMW shareholders and bondholders, which are more likely to be sent to a hedge fund in Japan than to the mechanic in Dusseldorf. The world is massively economically integrated. Relatively free trade and free movement of capital is no longer an option for most countries, whether it's the UK or any of the other countries in the EU. That boat sailed years ago. Well, they agreed to all this stupidity. They voted for it. What can I say? But if they're going to let them vote to leave, then I have no problem with that either. If they're going to somehow not allow them to vote and leave, like the parliament has indicated, no matter the vote, they, they may override it. I don't know in their government how they can because there's no rules. They, they follow Robert's rules of orders like the whole world. But that's just parliamentary stuff. I, I just don't know how their government has any limits on it whatsoever. Oh, the Magna Carta. The Magna Carta is a nice idea, but it does it is binding to the European countries. It's not a constitution of the UK. They don't have one because they had a monarchy before, and then the and then the monarchy with the parliament, and that's what they still have. So that they've never changed it since then. And there's no limits. Elections have consequences over there for real. Over here for real too, but it's not supposed to be for real. Over here there's not supposed to be because the rule of law prevents the winning party from deciding to do something we didn't give them the power to do. But again, if we don't enforce our own constitution, our own law, our own government, then they're going to control us. Ipso facto, here we are. Trade restrictions and capital controls are no longer a country's choice. Either you participate in the world economy or accept living standards equivalent to that of North Korea or Venezuela. Yeah, it's quite the shame because we are bailing out Europe. When the World Bank gives money to someone or forgives whatever, it is because part mostly we put more money into these agencies than any other country in the world ah maybe only 14 percent but no other country puts 14 percent in 
And 14%, depending on how much it is, is a lot of money. It's like the same way that we can't contribute to NATO. We're the, we contribute the most. Yes, always. As a matter of fact, why, why does Europe require us to have bases there to defend them? They need to take those bases back and defend themselves. Time to get them moving in that direction, especially if they Brexit perfect. So let's start moving away from that. Anyway, um, so the issue is not whether the UK will continue to trade mostly freely with the EU. It will, because today there is no other choice, and the same is true for the other countries of the EU. Despite French threats of a bloody Brexit, Germany, which runs its second largest bilateral trade surplus with the UK, has little interest in starting a trade war, nor do most of the private interests in the rest of the Europe. If the UK government is really concerned about trade, it has the power to significantly increase both its exports and living standards. It only has to remove any impediments to imports. We must never forget that imports are intractably linked to exports. What is true of the individual is also true for a nation. The ability to buy foreign purchase of UK exports from him. The EU was created to increase freedoms, the freedom of the movement of goods, capital, and people. As expected, it has evolved into an entity that does just the opposite, with a myriad of rules and regulations that benefits large, crony capitalist firms. And there's no capitalism over there. Sorry. Uh, crony socialism. It's not here either. Crony socialism here, too. At the expense of small and medium-sized enterprises that do not have the resources to jump through every EU hoop. This is the same as our, same is true of our economy. Our economy is just like the EU. Yeah, because of the EPA. Because The EPA, because of every agency. Every single unconstitutional agency has makes it difficult for you and me to just start up a business. You've got to jump through all these hoops that cost money and take time. And cost money is important when opening a business. You always want to have at least six months extra capital on hand to start your business. You don't want to spend that all on permits and inspections and remodeling. And you, you, you get my point, right? <sighs> Where was I? Every hoop that's necessary to bring a product to market. Furthermore, the EU is moving in the wrong direction. That of limiting freedoms. Like here in America? Just like here in America. You can't even tell someone you're not going to bake a wedding cake for them because it, it goes against your religious beliefs. I'm sorry. That's tyrannical. We don't have liberty. That's not even liberty. That's just... It's his business. Do the wants with it. No, the government makes you do it their way. And it's designed to keep the little guy out. It recently established a code of conduct to limit what it considers illegal hate speech. Coming to a place near you in America. Oh, they've introduced this legislation into, into, into the Congress uh, numerous times over the years. It, it's a it's a thing they want to do. They they want to go that one last step and get. Now we have hate laws which are unconstitutional and violates due process and equal protection. Um. So, no. 
Brian, Democrats want to get rid of due process. <laughs> I know. That well, they Murray, have got rid of due process. That what's his name? They Murray? have got rid. Of, look with the with the progressive income tax, they have gotten rid of equal protection under the law. How is it equal under the under the tax law? To charge rich people a larger percent of their income than poor people. You can't do that constitutionally. So the first thing that happens is the income tax goes away, by the way. I mean, the income tax is there, but it can't be progressive. It has to be equal. So they have to come up with a number for everybody to pay. Whatever that number is, 20, 21, 22%, because we have a bloated government that's heavily in debt and has deficits, runs deficits, which means borrows every single year. They stopped, you, they stopped talking about it. And Elsa, we're going to forget it, right? We're not going to forget it. All right. Um, where was I before I lost my mind? Oh, yeah, the hate speech law. This code is so vague that it could include almost anything, including criticisms of the EU. If this sounds familiar, it should. It was called the Ministry of Truth in Orwell's 1984. <clears throat> if the UK votes to leave the Union, the EU would lose a significant source of revenue since the UK pays a net amount of about £136 million a week and historically has paid more to the EU than it has received from the EU. Since the EU already has unpaid bills of 19.6 billion pounds, which is more than dollars, it will find it very difficult to find additional resources from cash-strapped countries such as France, Italy, or Spain. No, they're getting it from the World Bank and the IMF. Again, mostly our money. <clears throat> so the... Uh, Resources from cash card countries whose debt to GDP ratios are already over 100%. With a higher contribution ratio, Germany will be required to fund more of the EU budget and may find it difficult to cover those countries that may soon find themselves unable to assume their share of funding. For example, Greece does not really contribute anything to the EU budget since Germany covers a majority of its contribution indirectly through EU loans to Greece. The same is likely to occur when Spain or Italy run into trouble. Yeah, not only Germany, America helped bail out Greece and is giving money to Greece. Yeah, America, not just EU countries. I don't know, when did we join the EU? The same is likely to occur when Spain or Italy run into trouble. Germany already envies Britain's decision. We may shortly be talking about German exit. Yet, without Germany, the EU would then be a non-entity. Good riddance, it would not be missed. I, I, I said it was evil from the beginning. I said it was, not, it was going to destroy the countries. I said it was designed to actually combat the American economy. And there was more talk of doing that in Latin America, which they didn't. Which they didn't do, thankfully. But anyway, here we have the collapse of the European Union. If Germany, if England goes out and shows that its make its economy is better for leaving, then Germany's going to say, "Why are we here?" 
Yeah, but you know what? German Germany, and in the next article, you're going to find out they really want. They're like little kids. They don't want to give this up. I mean, none of the people in Europe do for so Greece screamed oh to high God. heaven. They destroyed stuff. They rioted because they were no longer going to get paid to do nothing. I mean, they seriously, they're like you're saying, Frady Cats. They're terrified of this. Well, you're changing their life. Their life was secure. The future was set. No, it they're wasn't. Gonna, yes, it was. I'm going to get this check from the government every month for the rest of my life. It's unsustainable. It may be, but that's what that was their world. That was the world created by the government by giving welfare to everybody that couldn't find work because, well, of their crappy socialist economy. And how's that working out in Venezuela? Well, Venezuela is a completely different place. When you move over to South America, we're not talking Europe anymore. Now, we got to go to South America at a whole different... You can't compare them. I know, but we just did that last show. Venezuela is imploding. Right. But again, you can't compare Europe to Venezuela. Why? Because Europe's bigger? No. Because it's different. Completely different. And, and, and their culture is different. See, it's it all has culture has a lot to play when you're talking about people that run for populist politics. In other words, yeah, you elect me, I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff. See, that's why we have the Constitution. Then they're not allowed to do that. Welfare is unconstitutional. Sorry. So is the Social Security and every other social program up there. It's all unconstitutional. There's nothing in the Constitution that grants them that power. Therefore, it doesn't exist. There's nothing implied in the Constitution. Oh, I hear what you're saying. But times change. So we would need to, the document to change. Time changes. So it's got to live and breathe. Well, it can't live and breathe. It's a piece of paper. It's a document. It's not an entity. It is not a human. It is not alive in any stretch of the imagination. They put into the Constitution the method for changing the Constitution for when these things arise. But I haven't seen any of these things arise. And we hadn't amended the Constitution. So all this stuff is gone the minute we're back to the Constitution. It's going to be quite a trans, uh, quite a painful change, transformation back to what it's supposed to be. But we will endeavor to persevere. The economy will adapt. We will find work or we will find a way to make money whichever way we can. And the economy will grow and prosper, and then we'll be happy, and we'll have our liberties. But can't do that if we're afraid of cats. All right, we're going to go to breaks. Here on Cooperative Radio Show, you stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. Segment of the population, black youth unemployment. Notice I don't refer to myself as African American, because I'm an American first. I'm a proud American who happens to have black skin. So please explain to me where African-American fits into that equation. You're right, it doesn't. For over 60 years, the Democrat Party has used my fellow black Americans to maintain power in the federal and state governments. Why do I say that? Because I read history. While many of my friends are watching mindless videos, I choose to listen to Red State Talk Radio. Why? Because I want to educate myself, not entertain myself. Red State Talk Radio, America's premier conservative talk radio network. Hey. All you black American youth, be a Frederick Douglass Republican, not an Al Sharpton race pimp. Educate yourself. Listen to RedStateTalkRadio.com. What is term life insurance? 
It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the Term Lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. Sample rates cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. The following message is brought to you by Health Markets, your first choice when you need health insurance for your small business. Do you offer health insurance to your employees? Call us now and see if you can save money. Do you want to offer vision and dental to your employees? Call us. Do you think you're paying too much for your current health insurance? Call us. Do you want somebody else to do all the legwork and search thousands of health plans from over 180 health insurance companies nationwide? Call us. We're Health Markets, and thanks to a little-known solution, we could help your business save thousands of dollars on health insurance costs and save your employees money, too. Our service is free. Don't miss the great savings. Call now. 800-862-0336. That's 800-862-0336. Health Markets Insurance Agency is DBA of InSphere Insurance Solutions, Inc. Licensed in all states. Product availability varies. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 
By what this article is saying, even if, well, you you decide and tell the folks, but from what I'm getting from this article, even if Britain does leave the EU and shows it's successful, I think Germany's still too afraid. But read this and no. see what these people say. When they when they see that they're, all their money are there is changing, like you said, now, the landscape. Nah, they're not citizens. They don't get to vote. And they, you know, they're just sticking in our little Muslim world. Unfortunately, as the Muslim world within this, the countries grows, it will take over the country. And that's what Islam does. Nobody wants to hear it. Oh, my God. Hashtag hater. Freedom of religion. What's wrong with you? You said you love the Constitution. They didn't consider Islam religion. It was not recognized by the founders as a religion. Only Christians. And Jews. That's it. They didn't recognize any other religion. So he said, free, when they put in there freedom of religion, they meant Christian religion. The different Christian religions. They considered each different Christian sect a separate religion. Which, which it is. Because all the rules are different. Anyway. It's not Sunday. May never be again. From CNSnews.com, on the eve of the momentous British referendum Thursday on whether or not to remain in the European Union, Euroscepticism is on the rise in many countries, including Germany, where critical voices have been gaining traction. German Finance Minister Wolfgang Schwabel admitted that Britain's exit, dubbed Brexit, could have dramatic consequences for the rest of the EU while Chancellor Angela Merkel and Britain for economic research warned that a Brexit could have economic consequences for Germany. What do you mean, how can I say that? Uh, if it, how has leaving the European Union changed the fact that it's on the European continent? It's already named. So they're not leaving Europe. They're leaving the European Union, which is a centralized government, which they should never have wanted. Centralization of power always leads to tyranny. We're feeling it here. They all feel it over there. The non-profit German Institute for Economic Research warned that a Brexit could have economic consequences for Germany, weakening its exports and reducing economic growth by 1%. The Munich-based Institute of Economic Research speculated that Germany's long-term growth could decrease by 3% as a result, unless Germany leaves the European Union. 
And then Germany and England will be doing fine. And the rest of Europe will be, well, in a tank. Which is what they already are. But it doesn't matter. Because they still have to give money to the World Bank and the IMF and the other monetary institutions just as we do. We're not part of the European Union, but we're bailing them out. When are we going to say, no, no. Why are we borrowing money to bail out Europe? Why Why is Europe relying on us to protect them? Why, why, why? For goodness sake, it makes no sense and it's unconstitutional. The big question, however, is whether Brexit would cause a further rise in Euro skepticism. Schwabel was mused about the possibility that Britain leaving could prompt others to follow suit. Schwabble. It's the word name. Schwabble has mused. You can't rule it out. He told Der Spiegel. That's a funny name, I'm sorry. Earlier this month. How would the Netherlands which has traditionally been very closely allied with Britain, react, for example. A survey last April for Swedish polling from TNS Seafold found that if the British voted to leave the EU, 36% of Swedes would also want to leave, while 32% said they would want to stay. So they are they are pretty much divided. Yes, because there's always a plus and minus percentage of that. The 36, 32, only 4% different. It's probably within the percentage of error for the polling. Or maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It should be. In Denmark, where the Eurosceptic Danish People's Party is the second largest in Parliament, spokesperson Kenneth Christen Berth said a Brexit would force Denmark to reconsider its own membership. Ah, the Danes. In France, Marine Le Pen of the National Front has also said if it, if it her party, what? Uh, I'm not fixing it. Said if it her party took power, she would hold a referendum on EU membership. A poll conducted by, hey, if this goes, this goes down, this is, this is, people moving in the right direction for a change. A poll conducted by the Pew Research Center earlier this month reflected increasingly divided sentiment, reporting that favorable views towards the EU have been declining since 2004. The survey involved 10,491 respondents from 10 countries, which account for 80% of the EU's population and 82% of its GDP. Overall, 41% of survey participants held unfavorable views of the 28-member union, with the number in Germany rising to 50%. A major driver of skepticism has been Europe's refugee crisis. Refugees. The, that's a hashtag now. The Pew study found that every country surveyed had overwhelming majorities disapproving Brussels' handling of the crisis. Much of the disaffection with the EU among Europeans can be attributed to Brussels' handling of the refugee-refugee issue, it said. Germany being of, at the heart of the refugee crisis has in particular seen backlash resulting in a surge in support 
for the right-wing populist. Now, understand, farther you get away from North Africa, the Middle East, North Africa is the Middle East, uh, see where the European countries are. Britain's way up here. They have to go through Spain and France to get there. So they're not, they don't have a big refugee crisis in Britain, but they will because the European Union will ship them there if, if they want to. Uh, so they really have no say in the matter. So that would be another reason for leaving right there because they have, they have enough Muslims already that they need to hand, deal with and they don't know how to deal with. They're incapable of dealing with it. It's, it's pure evil and they don't believe in it. Stops a long time ago. And I think it needs to progress some more. I think it might be time for the UK to say, well, I don't think we need a monarchy anymore. And maybe we should have something more in line with the Constitution because parliamentary government sucks. Parliamentary government means without rules stating its powers, you they mean, can do whatever they want. You mean what's going on right now here in the United States? Well, the minute we had Tommy the Congress people got... The 17th Amendment to the Constitution, which I do not believe was ratified. There is no way that was ratified by the people. It, it, no way. It, I, the people, why would they do that? And then why would they also, at the same time, also approve an income tax on themselves? That doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't sound like America. Uh, not back then. But, they, you know, all kinds of illegal things are done by progressives. And Tommy the Commie Woodrow Wilson is one of the worst. You notice how everybody's freaking out over there. And again, no one's talking about it here. Oh, yeah, we don't want those refugees here. His, he's not talking about them because he's just doing it. It is happening. It is not being reported by the lamestream media. And the people in the, the towns and the cities where these disgusting people are going are not fighting back. They're allowing it to happen. Well, a group of men tried to fight back, and when they did, they were arrested. That's going to happen, And Brian. charged with a hate crime. They can't for charge... The, for protecting their women from piece-of-crap invaders. That, they put them in... They put them in... This is why... We're already in, at that point in this country. Trust me, it's worse than you think. Much of the disaffection with the EU among Europeans can be attributed to Brussels and the refugee issue. Germany, being at the heart of the refugee crisis, has in particular seen backlash resulting in a surge in support for the right-wing populist alternative for Germany, AFD. The Pew study showed that only one-third of German AFD supporters favored the EU. Germany has also seen a spike in attacks on refugees. Crime statistics released by Germany's Interior Ministry last month revealed that of three, the oh, wow, 38,981 politically motivated crimes registered in 2015, 22,690 were committed by far right radicals. You know what? How did they? Well, we're never going to know. But. These people might just be defending themselves against the refugees. Doesn't matter. They, they're they a protected class. They're not their citizens. Right. In European Union, that's even a bigger protected. If you notice, they don't protect citizens. They protect everybody else, including this administration here. Right? Who does he, who does he protect? Muslims? 
and illegal aliens. Oh, and homosexuals. Oh, yeah. Don't forget the homosexuals. Oh, excuse me. LGBTQ. They're all homos. Well, yeah, different degrees of homos. Right. They're all homos. Yeah, some are more twisted than others. Right. Like the trannies. Ooh, they don't like that word. We're Too bad. It's been that way forever, and we don't care. You shouldn't like being a transgender at all. So being called tranny is the least of your problems. You need medical attention. So what we're doing right now is hate speech, yep. and we're bigots. Right, we need to go to jail. We're ra- and we're, we're racist. We need to go to jail. Nobody should listen to us because we tell the truth. It's just the truth. Nothing more. I'm not, I don't have any other ideology on this show but to tell you the truth. And No, I have no loyalty to any party. I hate both of them, frankly. No, none of the other ones are any better than the ones we have now, so I don't really see voting for them. No, the Libertarian Party has no real... I'm not voting for Johnson, because you know what? He's a little bit of a Johnson. So, and again, this is hate crimes now. And uh, of course, a hate crime means what? An extra five years in prison? That's great. There goes 38,981 citizens in jail. And here come 50,000 refugees. Are you kidding me? It's probably going to be hundreds of thousands. And of course, it's the far right radicals. What is a far right radical over there? I don't remember. They've got a different political compass than we do in the first place. So. I'm not sure we're considered right over there. We might be left. I, I, it's complicated, and I don't really care because it's not my country. The issue of skepticism raises questions here about whether Germany could to a return to nationalism. I'm not fixing them anymore. Sorry. You'll have to fix them in your head. Germany could to a return to nationalism. They got paid for that. Germany's relationship with the principle of an wrong with nationalism. You should be proud of your country, your nation. It's yours. You're a citizen. You're like a shareholder. So you should be proud. Nationalism is good. It's not bad. It's only bad when you mix it with things like socialism. Then it's bad. If you mix it with patriotism, it's good. If you mix it liberty, it's good. See? Germany's central role in the EU economy and its vision of itself as a country of open borders has been an important symbolic step for modern-day Germany, a move that distinguishes itself from its wartime history. Merkel has already warned of the dangers of reclosing the borders, calling it a risk of falling back into nationalism. Yes, we you want to be... New World Order Socialist people. I know. New World Socialist Party. Here we go. Ah! There can't be nationalism because there can't be a one world government. That's why it's evil. That's why it's bad to them. And that's why it's the opposite. Inside down, upside down world. Why is hating your country good? Do you like all these progressives and that hate the country? How about the minorities, the black community? hates us hates white people hates the i hates the constitution hates commerce really they don't think they should have to work for a living because you know 
we had black slaves once upon a time, even though I'm not related to any of them. I'm still black. They all got, they've all got their hands out. And they're all protected now. And where else? If you're a white heterosexual male, you better think twice about doing anything. Because, especially if it's against a minority, because you're going to jail. And if you're six foot four, 265 pounds like me, you know, it's possible I could kill somebody if I got in a, even a hand to hand fist fight with them. But I'm not going to do that. I carry weapons, so I don't have to. Is it, look, I'm not interested in a contest with who's better at fighting with their body. I'm not in this for a sport. It's called living. So I will use the most power I have, whether that's my body, a knife, a gun, a bag, a rock, a pipe, a stick, anything, a book. Anything can be made used as a weapon. Anything. Bowls, chopsticks, forks, knives, obviously knives. Come on. Spoons even. I can spoon your eye out. <laughs> I know that sounds funny if you ever watch a Christmas story. But um no, really, you can spoon someone's eye out with a spoon. I mean, and again, you can turn it over and it and hurts someone real bad too. So this whole notion of we gotta get rid of guns because Guns are the only form of violence. Uh, it's nonsense. If you want to do violence, you got to do violence with whatever you have, whatever you, whatever you can use, whether it be a steak knife, a uh, butcher's cleaver, an axe, a chainsaw, it's al, a screwdriver, a hammer. All of them are actually pretty deadly weapons. What does that have to do with Germany? Well, they're going to have to fight these Muslims before we are. They are the end times. Those are the people we're going to fight. They're going to have to take up arms against these people. They're going to have to have another Spanish Inquisition and get rid of all the fuzzy muzzies. They did it once before, why not again? Well, look what they ended up doing. Yeah, but this is now, this isn't the 15th century. That's the difference between Islam and, and the rest of us. We live in the 21st century. See? Not the 6th century. I'm sorry, it's the 7th century. Uh, I corrected myself. Because I just keep seeing 660 AD in my head, and I obviously say 6, it's wrong, 7. All right, so back to uh, the European Union and individuals, and this and where it all started was they've been emasculated even more than we have. So, and now when they finally did, I'm surprised they stood up at all. <laughs> They're arrested thrown into the injustice system for defending their own country from invasion. Pitchforks and torches are probably the only thing that can help people in Europe. They have no other op. We at least have options. They don't have any other options. There's no constitution to take back. The big option we have They have is no liberty. They're afraid to do anything because they're afraid they'll end up in jail and nobody wants to go to prison with all those nasty criminals in there, you know, to take advantage of somebody sexually. The big option we have is to say, no, I don't want them in my town. That I don't want them nothing, in that city. Doesn't mean a thing. Doesn't mean a thing. And we're not talking about us. How is that of anything with Germany? 
they can't say no because they don't have the right to say no. Yeah, but we do, and we're not. We don't have the right. We can say no. We've been saying it all through this administration, and nobody listens. Not if you're white, heterosexual, male, you got nothing. If you're a woman, yes. If you're a woman of a minority class, oh, absolutely. Homosexuals, transgender, any any crazy, creepy freaks let loose on society, nothing you can do to them. If you touch them, you go to prison. If they touch you, hit you, hurt you, molest you, whatever, nothing will happen to them. Nothing. But you try it, you'll go to prison. All right, so uh, where was I on this? I'm off to Swiss now. now. Yes, and the rest of these articles, I know you say you don't care where we get it from, but are from CNS News because no one else is talking about this. you got to get the news where it is. Yep. Um, again, it, we're, not just doing, we're not just doing the news. I don't care where it comes from something for me to comment upon uh using my own knowledge so it really does that's why i say it really doesn't matter where it comes from other than you know i got it from a source and you have my source and that's why i do it and that's why we put up the links so you can go read the stories for yourself and pass it along and yeah you can pass it along tweet it you can facebook it you can comment on it you can do whatever you want all right uh yes you can download it for free you can copy it for free as long as you don't make money you could do you could do it for free you want to you know lawmakers voted on wednesday to withdraw switzerland's dormant 1992 application to join the european union just a week before britons are scheduled to vote on brexit resolution to leave the eu we already said that up there thomas minder an independent counselor from Schaffhausen said the only that only a few lunatics still wanted to join the EU and that it would be better for Switzerland to make a clean sweep by withdrawing its 24-year-old membership application, according to Zurich's Neue Zurcher Zeitung. Calling people that want to join the EU lunatics, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Haynes, German... Minder's fellow legislator from Schaffhausen pointed out that Iceland withdrew its application for EU membership in 2015 with no ill effects. Iceland has had the courage and withdrew the application for membership, so no volcano erupted, German said. That's his name, German, two ends. The National Council, the lower house of the Swiss Parliament, voted 126 to 46 to withdraw the country's long-standing EU application in March. The upper house, called the Council of States, also voted 27 to 13 to cancel the application of last week. See, this is why our, our government was different before the 17th Amendment. Our states had control of our higher house, the Senate. The Senate had to answer to the state legislature and governor and if they didn't do what they wanted, they would be recalled. But somehow we signed an amendment to give up that power. And now we're stuck with, oh, maybe we should go to a parliamentary government. The problem is we pretty much have one right now. Okay, you have the House of Commons. 
the House of Representatives. It's, why? Because it's there to represent the people. They're closest to the people. Hence, they're the only ones that can start legislation that has to do with anything monetary. Has to start there. Now, the Senate was controlled by the state government, which we controlled, so we controlled the Senate. Now the Senate isn't controlled by us anymore, and they're, they, they're all haughty up there as, as, oh, like the House of Lords, right? The only difference is we don't call the president a prime minister. That's about it right now. Sorry to burst your bubble. And since the Constitution is guaranteed a Republican form of government, everybody up there needs to be impeached because that's not a Republican form of government. Do your research on government and find out that thing is, you can't even learn what this is because it's some kind of hybrid. It's socialist cronyism kind of stuff. And it's not a, we're at best a representative democracy at this moment. So we don't have a republic, and that's just a fact. Now, I don't care. Left where you lose and go crazy and stuff. Like, go ahead. I, but this time, send send your remarks to me, not to somebody else. Although not officially part of the EU, the Swiss agreed to free trade and the free movement of people throughout the EU's Schengen area. Switzerland is one of four non-EU countries, including Iceland, Norway, Liechtenstein, that have joined the Schengen area. However, that agreement has become increasingly frayed as tens of thousands of Middle Eastern migrants swarmed into Europe. Although nearly a quarter of the Swiss population is comprised of immigrants, a 2014 referendum imposed annual quotas on the number of foreigners the TD country will admit. The European Union is a bad construction. 28 states under the same rules? That cannot function. Not when, that's the same problem with our government right now. 50 states under the same rules. 50, not 28. 50 following the same rules. That's what, that's what the, that's what's unconstitutional. That is not supposed to be. And that's why it's not working. And it will never work. Tyranny is always the same. And we are here. Congratulations, you live under Caesar Baracus Obamanus. Enjoy. Not when there are countries like Italy which have another sense of the rules than we do. We like the Italians, but that is no reason for behaving like the Italians. Former Swiss MP Christoph Blocher, who campaigned to keep Switzerland out of the European economic area, the precursor to the EU, told the spectators James Dellingpole. Good for him. I think if you, Britain, leave the EU, it would be very good for you, Blocker added. A big advantage of leaving the EU is free trade worldwide, not only between the member states, making it easier and cheaper for British companies to export their goods to the rest of the world. Yeah, like me. I have a British vehicle. I want their parts. If they're cheaper than they are over here right now. Uh, this might make the parts cheaper now. See, everybody benefits when the market is free. Uh, the boost to income outweighs the billions of pounds of membership fees that Britain would save if it left the EU. Swiss 
agreed Swiss MP Lucas Ryman. And we'll go pick this up at the other side of a break. Sound Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. Socialists, you will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. New from Class Envy Productions, the people who brought you Obamacare, Cleopatra Obama, and Barry's got a brand new stash. An all-new exploitation picture starring Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and a cast of millions and millions of unemployed Americans who all got the shaft. Members of Congress and my fellow Americans, while on vacation, working on my new, new jobs plan, I realize there are steps we can take right now to improve people's lives. But I want to continue to build roads and bridges, protect union jobs, and pay people to sit at home for another year. And every proposal I've laid out will be paid for by our children. There is the man who never had any other plan except the... Shut! Damn right. He's the cat who won't slow down when the country's going south. From the can you dig it? You see, this cat Barry is one dumb mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Obama. Oh, okay. He's not a complicated man, but nobody understands him but his woman. Michelle. Barack! Barack! You didn't eat the apples in your happy meal! Shaft, now playing in an economy near you. Damn right. And now, a message to freshman Tea Party back senators from Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham. Hello, this is Trent Lott. Uh, Lindsey and I just want you to know that we appreciate all that the Tea Party people did to bring you here to Washington. Yes, I love tea, and I dearly love parties. But now's the time we should all come together and sit down with the other side and listen to their ideas on how to move the country forward while we as Republicans take a step back and walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah, we love being Republicans, and we love conservative values, uh, probably as much as we'd love being liberal Democrats if the need ever arose. What Trent means is Republicans are always at our best when we ignore all the rhetoric and noise from back home and just do the right thing. The right thing? You know what I mean. Join Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham in bringing bipartisanship back to Washington. She'll be all right For a while For a while She can smile until Barack comes back and she goes on the attack and it doesn't work. Oh, hell! You know I taught her well. You couldn't tell that she fakes crying. 
Operation Homefront operates programs with the goal of making a difference in military family quality of life. They serve younger families of deployed service members, typically in the ranks of E1 through E6 in all branches of the armed forces. Operation Homefront provides a wide range of programs and is dedicated to helping the families our troops leave behind. For more information, please visit their website at operationhomefront.net. What would you say about those who would say classism works in the, in the same way? Well, like I described earlier, there are two fundamental classes that are just a plain fact in society. You either work for someone else or you work for yourself. And most people work for someone else in a way that they aren't free. Um, you don't really get to decide your work. For example, I work at Noodles, a restaurant, and basically it's a dictatorship there. Um, we're told exactly what we're going to cook, how we're going to cook it, what time we're going to get there. And basically, if they don't like what they're doing, they try to tell us what to do. If we don't listen, they get rid of us. And so we don't, we're not able to actually cooperate in a way that we make decisions together. I try to convince my, my fellow employees that we should have a union at Noodles so it's a source of power to to start with. And then I think in terms of the bigger picture, when you look at revolutions, the way that you actually get rid of any sort of dictatorship um, is by having workers take control of the place where they work. Would your plan, your vision for noodles, sure. would it include the owner? What capacity we, would he be granted? Owner, if the owner wanted to cooperate with us as an equal and provide his skills that he had, we would definitely cooperate with them. We'd have to abdicate his position as being an owner and controller of us, and he would have to recognize that we we run noodles together, and basically, if he doesn't want to cooperate with us, he's against us. Cooperative Radio Show, and we're talking about the EU, which is a mess. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba, membership fees, like I mean, oh, I'm done with that. That was the end of the article. Yep, I made know. it. I didn't know. So sorry about that. That was the end. So Switzerland. So you're right. Uh, everything. Europe right now is in complete total chaos between the ra refugees and all the stuff happening with the EU, and no one's all talking about it. All the socialism, all the collectivism—it's collapsing. Of course, and they and they blame it on what capitalism. Capitalism. There's no capitalism involved in this. That's why it's failed. Keynesian economics has nothing to do with capitalism, or maybe it does, but we. We're not supposed to be doing these things in this country. Let the rest of the world be Kinsey and, and fall apart. Why are we still Kinsey? We're still following the same model. Why hasn't the people said enough? Enough. We want a free market back. That worked. We were prosperous back then. Back in history, we were prosperous until this government got its hands into everything. We didn't stop this. We didn't return to the free market. And... You know, I don't care if it comes like this, turning a switch, and there's going to be a lot of pain if that happens. But 
it needs to happen. All right, so where are we on the war on terror? You must push a button. No. The la 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 la. la. Nope, that's only for the fuzzy muzzy report. This is, but terror and muzzy, same thing, right? It's Muslim terrorism, right? It's jihad. It's Muslims. And you don't think Burke or Barbary would fit in? She's not going to do it, so. <laughs> I didn't even upload it, and I'm not bothering with the switchboard. Whatever's on the switchboard's on the switchboard. Because this is I don't crazy. know if they changed something on the switchboard and it's freaking her out. Because <laughs> they didn't send any notice they were changing anything. And we don't know how a lot of this stuff works, and they don't tell us. But, yeah, now, all of a sudden, some of the commercials are highlighted red. But they work. We have no idea what that means. So we have to contact support. Hey, I know some people in support listen to my show. Uh, what the heck does that mean? All right. There was something else I wanted to... Talk about the EU? I wanted to ask something I forgot. Oh, I know. We're coming up on our 10-year anniversary on the Uncooperative Radio Show. It's we're going to celebrate over the July Fourth weekend. Question: Do you have any ideas of what we should do special for our anniversary show? Because so far, producer has no idea, and I haven't really been thinking about it. But I mean, I have a little bit, but I can't think of anything really that. I mean, what would I change? I don't know, maybe we should have people on as guests or something. I, How are we going to do that? Pre, pre-recorded. That's how. But, anyway. Um, that's the way we're doing interviews now, Susan. Remember? Yeah, we haven't done them in a long time because of... The internet. I know, our internet's still unstable. It's all over the place. Sometimes it's blazing fast, sometimes it's not there at all. So... I really, I really am impressed with you live listeners that are hanging in there with us because, man, there's been some nightmares of shows. All right, so from CNS News again, in commenting on why Obama's administration initially had decided to release redacted portions of the 9-11 telephone calls made by the radical Islamic terrorists who killed 49 people at an Orlando nightclub. No, 49 homosexuals. They're, they're people, too, but, I mean, let's be real. It's a homosexual nightclub. They were homosexuals. Or LGBTQ, if that makes you feel better. You know, just like left-wing liberal yeah, progressive you, socialist commie fascist status bastards. You notice that when they want to be labeled this for their agenda, everybody labels them that. Unless it goes against their agenda, then, then we're not allowed to talk, call them that. Well, because a Muslim killed homosexuals. Oh, LGBTQs. Mass murdered them. They, that doesn't fit their... Narrative. Not at all. So, I haven't heard the dancing going on by Josh, not so earnest. But I can imagine, he's got his work cut out for him. And uh, so does Obamus, because everybody knows that the guy didn't use the word God. He said Allah. Allah is not God. Allah is the moon god of Arabia. 
we don't worship the moon god of Arabia. Anyway, and that's not, that's why it's not an Abrahamic religion. Because they don't worship the god of Abraham. I don't care. They haven't proved it, but I don't care if they can trace, uh, you know, his son with the handmaiden down through the centuries to the, to the people that are doing this now and are Muslim. And so it's, it, it, it's Abrahamic. No. The only Abrahamic religions are Judaism and Christianity. We worship the same God, the God of Abraham. Okay, so uh, columnist, author, and former terrorism prosecutor Andrew C. McCarthy said it was because the government is becoming Sharia adherent. Sharia is the Islamic law that many Muslims and governments throughout the world, well, this isn't for Muslims to follow, per se. I mean, it is, as it is, it is the law of the land, and it punishes crimes in Sharia, what it calls crimes. And it has the punishment for those crimes. See, we don't do stuff like that. We're not having a, a court, a religious court, to decide if we violated the Ten Commandments, right? That's the difference between us and a theocracy. That's the only thing that's supposed to be different. There's nothing wrong. They all marched down to a local church and had the pastor there pray for divine intervention and inspiration. Yes. The one everybody calls an atheist, Ben Franklin. He was not an atheist. They He didn't believe they could do what they did without the help of God. That's not an atheist, I'm sorry. Uh, history just belies the notion that we were ever a secular country. It was never so, uh, never. And that's one of the things that has to go back to not being. Everybody needs to be able to express their freedom of religion and i'm only talking the many sects of christianity everything else should have to go through a test as to whether or not it's actually a religion like islam no 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 blueprint to run a theocratic empire not just a religion that's a government and its only purpose is to dominate the world by any means necessary All right, so, uh, and throughout the world, and it's based on the teachings of the Quran, which isn't quite correct, but I'm not going to bother. Quran, and don't, you have to add the hadiths into it. On Monday's Breitbart News Daily, Sirius XM, host Stephen K. Bannon asked McCarthy, the Attorney General went on NBC yesterday, and she said, She's redacting the audio of the assailant in Orlando to take out his call to jihad terrorists. They are just Muslims. All Muslims have the potential to be Islamic terrorists. All of them. All of them will at one point. Trust me. That's exactly what I'm going to. I disagreed throughout this whole article with Mr. McCarthy. And by the way, just to let folks know, the bar, the first bombing of the Trade Center, that's when Brian was uh, working for New York City EMS as a paramedic. We were there. We were in New York. We were in Queens when that happened. Yeah, Thankfully, I wasn't at work. No, you were out on comp. Yeah, those things are always a cluster. You know what? And uh, I hate that. Uh, because I immediately want to 
I immediately want to take control and make order. I don't like anarchy. And it has no place in a vast casualty incident. Everybody needs to be ro robotic almost. Do their jobs. Just do your job. Don't, don't pay attention to anything else. Do your job. And, you know, if you don't have the right leaders, which you invariably never do in these situations, uh, then things start going wrong. Like patients are put, brought to the wrong location. Well, if it's timely, they're going to die because of it. These things have to be taken control of. And usually there are so many agencies involved, it's a cluster. Because nobody knows who's responsible for what. That's why, you know, I thought the mayor did actually a very good job in that cluster. It wasn't as bad a cluster as some other clusters. But. Still, it did not go off right, believe me. I know how it's supposed to work. The ambulance sucks. Where the ambulances have to park so they don't get blocked in by fire. You know, all these things have to, has to be taken care of, and the first person on the scene has to be able to do it. Unfortunately, that's how, that was how it's supposed to work at EMS. I was like the only person besides my partner that knew how to run a scene. They just didn't want to read, they didn't want to read and study their operating manual. It was, it does a lot to it, actually. So they just let the lieutenants do it when they finally get there, which causes problems because until they get there, ambulances will be parking in the wrong place, block, getting blocked in. The patients, they don't know where to bring the patients. They just bring them to the first place that looks safe to them and dump them. And then you got to get everyone to go. Then you got to unravel everything. But anyway, uh, so don't bring, please don't bring up mass casualty incidents in New York City again. Ah. I'm at, I no longer live in New York City or New York. Thank God. Okay, uh, down here. McCarthy, who prosecuted the radical Islamic terrorists responsible for 1993 World Trade Center bombing, said it's clear that the government is becoming Sharia adherent. And the left is using the same tactic with respect to law enforcement against radical Islamic extremism as it uses in the area of what they call climate change. That is, they have an official version of events, which may be part of a counter-universe, but it's their story and they're sticking to it. And what they're trying to do is purge any alternative explanation. I actually, I've actually read that quote more than one place on the internet. <laughs> That's a nice thing to pick out right there. Official, they have their official version of events, which may be part of a counter-universe, but it's their story, and they're sticking to it. And that, that, that's it to a T, man. That was excellent. All right, so McCarthy continued. So the administration has the position that violent extremism, which is what they call it, is disconnected from any credible interpretation of Islam, that Islam is singularly a religion of peace, and there is to be no other interpretation of it, and therefore anything that shows the direct nexus between Islamic doctrine and jihadist terror is to be suppressed. You had some problems, but in the end, well said. All right. Again, 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 and again from CNS News. In the aftermath of the Orlando terrorist attack, the vast majority of House Republicans voted in favor of legislation designed to enhance efforts to combat, quote-unquote, 
violent extremism. See, but this is showing where we are in the war on terror. We're not. We don't have, yeah, we're not. We're not. There is no war on terror. Again, I said he protects Islam, did I not? But the cockroaches are going right along because with him. Because he is a Muslim. Have I not said that over and over again? And, oh, I can prove it to you. It's not that hard. His father was a Muslim. According to Islamic law, any anybody born, especially a male child, born to a Muslim father is automatically a Muslim. Now, he obviously went away from that for a while in his youth, but and used the name Barry Santoro, and I think another one. But in the end, he changed his name back to Barack Hussein Obama, which is a Muslim name. You only do that when you convert to Islam. In his case, just finally realized he's a, he's a Muslim. All right, there's another indication that he's a Muslim, besides his behavior. His wedding ring. Engraved on his wedding ring is the Shihada. That's the prayer you have to say to become a Muslim. That's its whole point. Why would he have that engraved on his wedding band if he wasn't a Muslim? Sorry. Can't be Christian Muslim. It doesn't work. That would be crazy Christian. <laughs> see, see, we're, we're, we're Torah Christian. We're, Jew, you know, Old Testament is Jewish, Torah, uh, Kamash, etc., Talmud. Um, that's Old Testament. That's our, that's our, that's the history of Jesus's people. Okay. Jesus was a Jew. Plain and simple. He was always a Jew. When he died, he died a Jew. He was teaching not some, not something new, really. It was something to add to what was already there. He said it. I have not come to change, but to add to. And to add to, referring to the the Talmud, the Torah, the Kamat. Uh, he came to add to what we consider the Old Testament. It, was, it wasn't intended to be a separate religion. He never intended that. But that's what happened. He was trying to convert Jews to the way he sees, he saw the world and the Torah and the teachings. And he was considered a rabbi, by the way. He was a Jewish teacher. He was a rabbi. So I don't understand Christians that don't like Jews or say something about uh, Jews killed Jesus. So I don't like him and all that stuff. Well, Jesus was a Jew. So if you hate Jews, you hate Jesus. Sorry to break it to you. Jesus didn't hate the Jews. Why would he? He was a Jew. Besides, he wasn't a hater. Although, I think he hated tax collectors. The only time I I could read find where he lost his temper like that was tax collectors in the temple, and he he went nuts and destroyed the place. So the whole notion that we're never supposed to be violent. I I think Jesus. If we're going to follow Jesus's teachings. And his example, it seems it is appropriate to be angry and violent at certain times. And it is natural. All right. I don't know why. It feels like, I, it feels like Sunday with all this talk of religion, I think. Put my 
Reverend had on and go to town. All right, so uh, in, to enhance efforts to combat violent extremism. I'm going to do that from now on because that's the echo chamber talking point now. But one of the three who voted against it, Representative Louis Gohmert of Texas, said he did so because it fails to identify radical Islam as the problem. It never mentions the term radical Islam. No need, just Islam is fine. And after the Orlando shooting, we have an obligation when the administration won't call it what it is to start calling it what it is. He said on the House floor on Thursday, good, then you're going to start calling it Islam instead of radical Islam, right? Because it's just Islam. That's Islam. They're following, oh, but what about the ones that aren't following? They're not following Islam then. Yes, they are. They're waiting their time. They're biding their time. They're growing in strength. Until that point, the teachings are to do nothing, to keep keep a low profile. When they start acting out, that means that means we're in trouble. Because all those so-called moderate Muslims are not going to be moderate. Because there's no such thing as a moderate Muslim. It's just they're, it's while they're taking you over from the inside, they can't let you know they're taking you over from the inside. So they just be quiet. And they keep saying, oh, these people hate me because of our religion. Save me, protect us. Ever since, don't just say, ever since uh, Mecca. It's the same. It's the same plan, over and over again. Come in, get people to protect you. Build, stay to yourself. Build your own communities. Live under Sharia law. Slowly try and get Sharia law into the governments of the host country. And when you're strong enough, take it over. That is the plan. enemy islam is the i want it stated islam is actually the enemy because it is it's not able to live in our world so we must be in their world and that's the only option there is besides dying okay number one they're not fighting terror they're in even in the title they're fighting what they deem radicalization yeah how do you make a law that stops someone from being radicalized thank you this is retarded yep beyond belief our government is retarded beyond belief susan it's all it's not set up to do this see he doesn't get it this is all set up to do the opposite of what he's trying to do the whole system is against him and i don't hear him coming out saying enough he needs to be holding press conferences he needs to be getting a grand jury up for Hitler, this, I mean, let's get a move on this stuff. So I don't to be talking about nonsense like this. I didn't vote for it because it didn't say radical Islam. Well, I'm not going to vote for you unless you stop saying radical Islam. Because that is a talking point of the left. So I don't expect people that call themselves conservatives and patriots to use the term. Islam teaches what these crazy people do. It It is not, they are not making it up. They are following a roadmap. They are following the Quran and the Hadith. They are following the teachers of the Prophet. That is what they're doing. They are adhering to their religion, whether you can understand that or not. They're allowed to come over here and break a whole bunch of Sharia law because they're doing it to blend into society so that one day they can kill you. Now, they think- So go ahead and have a Muslim friend and see, yeah, one day 
one day it's going to be him or you. And they really think that the president's going to sign this. And by the way, since we're in the end times and we're going to have to fight the Muslims anyway, I would suggest you not have any Muslim friends. Because when it gets here, we're going to be fighting Muslims. And he's going to kill you. What or she. It's going to be another civil war, Brian. This is going to be a religious jihad. Is and then a be. civil war. I don't consider it a civil war for fighting Muslims. No, but I'm saying if we don't get this government back, it's going to be another revolution. That Well, that can happen. And that is a civil Again, war. Again, we're in the end times. Now, read what the stupid bill aims to do. It's retarded. Just I cannot even believe they're doing it. I'm that. all the way up here. Yeah, I know. I don't care about that because they just said they're going to put it to, to make it fast track so it goes to the president's desk. Like he's going to sign it. Anyway. Yes, he will because it's politically correct. While it's trying to say it's not. Well, read what the bill's going to do. The bill introduced by McCarthy and Representative Michael McCall, Republican of Texas, Chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, essentially bundles three bills already passed by the House in the hope that doing so will speed up the process of getting the through the Senate and onto the president's desk. Un didn't capitalize president. Good. No, I president know. is capitalized. You know, I call him Caesar. Right. I just don't write the word. When I write the word president, it's capitalized. And he is my president, like it or not. I didn't vote for him. I fought against him. I'm still fighting against him. But unfortunately, he is my president because he was elected president of the United States. And I'm a citizen, and therefore he's my president. Doesn't mean I like him. Doesn't mean I want to be associated with him in any way, shape, or form. Okay. But please stop denying the absolute facts. Conservatives that say he's not my president sound just like the left-wing loons who said GW wasn't their president. Of course, anyone who's a citizen of the United States, whoever's elected president, I hate to break it to you, it's your damn president. Well, he's not Like a, it or not, good not for a, bad. He's not a natural-born citizen. It doesn't matter. He's still the president. He, he's a horrible president. He's a bad president. He should have been impeached from his first term president, as I called for. After his election. I've been called for his impeachment and I'm still calling for his impeachment today. Hashtag impeach Obama. I started that one. And then the term impeach Obama and his ilk was also mine. I don't like I don't want to seem narcissistic or anything, but I'm serious. But I was the first one to start doing that stuff. Because I I'm fed up. It's it's unbelievable. By now, he has pages of offenses he could be impeached for. Pages. And nobody's doing anything. And by the way, it's their obligation. I don't want to hear about your pol your politics, Republicans. Oh, that's bad for the election. First of all, I think the opposite is true, by the way. I think people, if they ever stood up for the rule of law like that, I think more people would be behind them. But then again, they're not the kind of people I want them to be behind anyway. I'm sorry, just putting an R after your name means nothing to me. Zilch. You could be a progressive, you could be a conservative, I don't know. Anyway, but you still capitalize president. Which I believe is a proper noun. But, you know, I I never liked I never liked English in high school, so I I don't know if you should Listen to me about anything English. Because after all, it's okay. This is the new English where we, where we speak in trailing sentences. I've let that set in there because 
when I read it, I just, I lost all hope. It's, I was like, what? Everybody talks in trailing sentences. No, uh, only people that are uneducated speak in trailing sentences, or the ones that are educated and too stupid to speak English. They want to fit in. You know, well, you want to fit in, you better learn Ebonics on the short term. And on the long term, can't, I, I would recommend, uh, what does China speak now? Which is their official language? Uh, just went right out of my head. It's not Cantonese. It's not. What the heck was that? Something that way. Uh, something just went crash, bang, boom. Susan's got to check on it. And could be anything. Hope the hope the cows aren't up yet. We got to find out when the cows are coming. All right. Uh, so the last my train of thought, we'll just go back to the story. The bill aims to push back on terrorist propaganda through counter messaging, education, and outreach. Author authorizes additional training for Department of Homeland Security and other personnel with a focus on community awareness outreach efforts and the use of fusion centers nationwide. Requires additional DHS assessment and reporting to Congress on the efforts. It also establishes in law a counterterrorism advisory board with members from across relevant federal agencies. Believe it or not, it, it it's not constitutional the way they're doing it, but it is constitutional on accident. I, I know they don't know they're doing it constitutionally, but this one actually is. Uh, because, but my experience tells me that it's going to be completely ineffective and a waste of time and money. One thing HR 5471 does not do is mention radical Islam, Islamist, jihad, or similar terminology. Instead, it uses the administration's preferred term for the threat, countering violent extremism. Countering violent extremism! Or CVE, believe it or not. Don't get confused with CVS or you're getting the world to hurt. The bill passed by a large margin, 402 to 15, with 14 members not voting. Three of the 15 nays come from Republicans. Two are Libertarian representatives, Justin Amash, Michiganistan, and Thomas Massey, Kentucky. Brian, all this and the third was Gomer. All this is is community organizing. That's all that is. They're not combating terrorism. They're community organizing. And propagandizing. The object is to out-propaganda the, the jihadists. The bill passed by a large margin, 4-2 to 15, with 14 members not voting. Republicans. Explaining his objections, he said, every Republican I heard speak on the issue, including those from Homeland Security, have acknowledged the president, not again, capitalized, and our intelligence need to start talking about jihad, Muslim, Islam, radical Muslim, radical Islam, Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, all Muslims are radical. All, all of Islam is radical. Radical, radical, radical. It's all about radicalism. They are radicalized. Here we go. How many words can I use? Radical, radical, radical. That doesn't mean you put the word with another word that just says the same thing as the first word. Muslims are radical because Islam is radical, and that's the end of that.
they're also murderous scum. Oh no. Is it that time again? Time to talk about the Red State Talk Radio and where you can hear our shows and all that? Well, if you wonder where you can hear us live, <laughs> at uncooperativeradio.com. When we're doing it live, it is up, up in the air right now. But right now, we're trying 4 o'clock our time, which is 6 p.m. Eastern time. Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. But Sunday might move to Saturday. Because she would have to do three shows in a row, and she doesn't like that. So my boot's Saturday. I don't know. We'll see. Also, um, you can download our show at iHeartRadio. Well, I don't know if you can download it. You can listen to our show at iHeartRadio, iTunes. It's up on TalkShoe, Podbean, believe it or not. We have a Facebook page. Just go to, uh, just go to Facebook and do Uncooperative Radio. Please go like the page, make a comment, interact, have fun, scream at Muslims. I don't care. Uh, Twitter, our show page was removed without notice or without explanation. You can, if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, it's at Brian Bonner. Simple. Just spell it right. If you have any ideas for the show or want to talk to us about what I ask you, about any ideas for our 10th anniversary, which is coming up quick, uh, we'll be doing it about the 2nd of July. So where are you going to do that? We could do it at the Facebook page. Or if you want to do email, you just send it to uncooperative, uncooperative producer. Just spell it right, uncooperative producer at gmail.com simple yes if you want to be, if you want to be interviewed same email <laughs> um what else do we have here oh we're rebroadcast on redstatetalkradio.com please check our show out over there it's gonna it's a little different than what's going on over here um anyway so do do that and while you're there don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter which is very informative done by very good writers they're not the host they're separate um so I think you'll like it. I like it. If you don't like it, just unsubscribe. It's not like we keep track of that. And uh, Red State Talk Radio is also on Roku. And Tune In. And that's on Tune In. I decided not to put my show up because I'm not competing with Red State. So you can find me on Tune In through the Red State Talk Radio studios. They have Live Studio and Encore. Uh, but I think over there it's still Studio A and Studio B. And he's trying to fix, he's got to constantly send them new lineups of how the shows are to sync up so the pictures and everything matches what you're listening to. On TuneIn, we're very sorry. I know it said the Uncooperative Radio Show was playing and somebody else was playing. And I'm really upset about that because that's, I don't want anybody to think that's me. So I am a little upset about that. And I'm sure the other hosts feel the same way about it. So it's getting worked out. Again, there was a lot going on. There was a lot for the new administration to deal with. And it, it had to deal with that first before it could deal with other things. So just about right now, they're starting to get uh, really get down to making some changes. So. The schedule at redstatetalkradio.com. But I think I'm on the 1 to 2, yeah, 1 to 2 a.m. Eastern Time. 
1 to 2 a.m. time slot, Tuesday through Saturday. I know it's only an hour, but check it out. You might, you might like that format better. I don't know. We'll find out. Okay. Moving along to... Uh, they're not allowed to talk about it without risk their career, and that's why I voted no on the bill today, Gomer did it. Noting... I'm, I'm with him on this decision. Noting several references in the bill to violent extremism. He argued that the measure basically tells the Secretary of Homeland Security, you know, keep countering violent extremism. It never mentions the term radical Islam. Again, I don't, I wish that term would go away as long as, as well as Islamists. What a stupid thing to say. And after the Orlando shooting, we have an obligation when the administration won't call it what it is to start calling it what it is, he said. And I think the bill really didn't do what we needed done. But you haven't even realized, Gomert, that there is no need for the term radical Islam because Islam is radical. When you say that, is Islam. And it's not going anywhere. And it will be coming to a theater near you. Earlier in his speech, Gomer pointed to the FBI's counterterrorism analytical lexicon and said there were evidently terms that are quote-unquote off-limits for the administration. Terms used multiple times in the 9-11 Commission report, including jihad, Islam, and Muslim, were absent in the FBI document, he observed. Gomer used a chart compiled by Stephen Coughlin, an expert on Islamic jihad, contrasting terms used in the 9-11 Commission report, on the one hand, with the administration's national intelligence strategy and FBI lexicon on the other. We want to make sure that we do not want, we do not want to offend the people who want to kill us and destroy our way of life, Gomer charged. And yet you don't realize, you won't face the truth. That thing isn't a religion, and that thing has no protection under the Constitution, and that thing has to be removed from our country, just as Spain did during the Inquisitions, which was really what the Inquisition was about, getting rid of Muslims, not Presbyterians. I'm not saying they didn't go after the Protestants, because they did, but that was an after action. Someone took it to a new level and decided all infidels shall be removed, and that meant anybody that wasn't part of the Roman Catholic Church. But that was not the reason for the Spanish Inquisition, and it was never about witchcraft. I said it was about witches. No, it wasn't. It was about Muslims. Even back then, they didn't want to tell you about it. Look through your history books. They don't talk about Muslims in the history books. Yet they were, they were a part of all of Europe's history, Asia's history, our history. But don't talk about the Muslims. Yet we were at war with them. All Europeans were at war with them. America was at war with them from its founding. They're still here. The same people. The Barbary pirates. They were Muslims. They were part of the caliphate. 
which headquarters was in what is now Libya. So we don't want to offend anybody. That's what I said, PC, right? You want a quick end to your career in the FBI or in our intelligence agencies, and all you have to use is the term jihad, Muslim, Islam, he said. If you talk about the Muslim Brotherhood, your career is pretty well over. Even though radical Islamists, really, you actually took both of the PC, the new words, uh, PC words on Islam, and adopted it. Radical Islamists, there is only Islam. And everyone who follows Islam is a Muslim, not an Islamist. I, you know, I'm sorry. Someone is complaining about other people not being able to use certain words. Maybe you should be using certain words. Like the made-up PC terms. Even though radical Islamists were making clear they want an international caliphate. Yes, a worldwide caliphate. He said, you don't want to say it in this administration. We have to define the enemy to defeat it. Oh, they don't want you to defeat. He's a Muslim. He's, he's tying your hands, fools. He's doing it on purpose. He knows the people that run him know exactly why he's doing it and exactly what they're doing. They think they're going to use the Muslims to overturn, overthrow the government and install their own socialist government. But that's not going to happen. If they do try that, it'll be Islam who succeeds. Unless we stop, now we have to stop the Muslims and the left-wing lunatics. Oh, and most of the uh, black people in the ghettos, too. Oh, when, when crap hits the fan, that's like a green light for everyone in the ghetto to leave the ghetto and go screw up your life. Kill, rape, steal, that's what's going to happen. Large scale. But let's keep being PC about it. I keep playing that guy. He's he's the president of the new Black Panthers. Screaming how we got to kill white cracker babies. We got to, you got to kill yourself a cracker. This is war. I mean, this is, he's yelling at it to his fellow black people on the streets. And, oh, let's not care about Black Lives Matter. Let's forget all about it. Let them keep going around destroying private property, assaulting people, etc., which is still going on. And let's not talk about it because we don't want we don't want the black people to have it to have a negative impact on the entire black community. So therefore, we must let the the crazies loose. I don't quite get that. I think it would be better if we, you know, kept the crazies locked up and kept the ones that weren't crazy out. And then, you know, they can live a normal life instead of the one they're living now. Our streets have become the front lines in the war against radical Islamist terror. Oh, my God. What a way to, what a long way to go to say Islam. It said, to honor the memory of the victims in Orlando, we must rededicate ourselves to preventing terrorists from gaining a foothold in our community. How about, you know, how about we stop and say, okay, I'll, we'll put up with the homegrown non-Muslim terrorism that's caused by the national government and the drugging of our children and public schools. The you know, I keep telling you, it they're the indoctrination centers and the child abuse centers, and you keep letting your kids go there. And, you know, you're to blame for what happens to them when they're in there. You're their parent. I'm sorry. 
I'm not their parent. I don't believe in that community crap. It's not my job to raise your kids. It's your job to raise your kids. In his own comments on the House floor, McCall also stressed the need to define the enemy. Islam, stupid. There you go. I saved us a billion dollars in committees. The enemy is Islam itself. And until you get it, they're going to be winning. They will win until you come to that conclusion. And then we fight back. And then we have a chance to win. It's the end times. It doesn't mean we're going to lose. It doesn't say that we lose. It actually says we win. Second coming of Jesus. A long period of peace on earth. That's part of the end times. That's the end of the end times. So evil loses. Good news. Doesn't mean you're not going to die. I'm not at it. Time. Why did the on-air button just flicker off? It's been doing that the entire show. I wish you would have told me that one. That's new. No, that's what it did yesterday. I didn't even tell me about that yesterday. I just saw the red stuff. Down oh there. no, no, no! It was. It's been like blank. Well, I don't understand because it didn't show up in the that's, show. I know that's why I was confused last night as well. You were supposed to send these things to support. Support is supposed to know what's going on, or if not, fix it. Could be normal. It was flashing because it's time for the show to be over. No. We have ten minutes. It's a ten-minute warning. No. <laughs> no, it could be. You don't know what they're doing. I That's the no point. Idea. They changed the software. <laughs> you don't know. It's, it's Obviously, there's been changes made, but there's also the Internet problem. Even with an antenna and an amplifier, I'm still having problems because it's unstable. And I try to tell them that. And I tell them that all the time, by the way. And they never listen to me. And then sooner or later, it gets so bad that there's, that it affects regular cell transmissions. Now the people with the phones start calling and complaining. But most people aren't on it 24-7 like me. That's my internet. It's my only internet. I'm on it constantly. I know when, it's, I know when it changes. I don't know why people don't get that. I see it every day. You know what happens? When something changes, you notice. And that changed. Anyway, you got a button to push? I do. Okay, push the button. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, comrade. And what would you do for Obamacare? Huh? Yes, you. Would you talk your mother into taking these federally subsidized pills in place of her upcoming bypass surgery? Sure. Hey, Ma, I got great news. You don't gotta go to the hospital after all. Just take these here pills and you'll be better in no time. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Eh, beats me. Would you leave your children hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt? Mm, yeah, why not? Hi, sign here, and here, and here. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Comrade, would you publicly denounce the Republican Party and all it stands for? What? Would you agree to be bussed at government expense to a protest rally in front of Rush Limbaugh's home and walk around waving a sign that says Rush to Fascism? You're kidding me, right? Would you be willing to dress up like Hitler and attend the next next day of tea party in your area? Mister, if you don't walk away from me right now, I'm gonna beat the shit. What would you do for Obamacare? 
Greetings, comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Me? Well, hell, I'd do just about anything. Would you tear up the U.S. Constitution? You bet I would. Here you go. Greetings, comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Obamacare? Would you agree to donate your organs to medical science at the moment of your death? Uh, well, sure, I mean, if it might help save lives, I... Okay, thank you, Dark Prince. D-A-R-C-P-R-Y-N-C-E. Uh, he has a YouTube channel. Go check it out. Thank, I want to thank, if you're listening, thank you for contributing to the show. All right. From CBC.ca. Of course, that means it's the Canadian Broadcasting Company in Canada. Waterworks officials in a small town southwest of Ottawa are monitoring a funeral company that has become the first in Ontario to use an alkaline solution to dissolve human remains, and then drain the leftover coffee-colored effluents into the sewer system. That's not good. Is that crazy or that's what? That's disgusting. Is it that, it's madness. It's, it's a, medical that's, madness. That's worse than Soylent Green. <laughs> you never saw Soylent Green? Look it up. Oh, man, this is nuts. That's why I put it under medical madness. This is just craziness. Aquagreen dispositions began operating in a rental unit within the former Radu Regional Center in Smith Falls. Well, just recently, they made having sex with animals legal in Canada. In Canada. Just in case you missed that. <laughs> so, uh, uh, excuse me, until within the former Radu Regional Center in Smith Falls in May 2015, after receiving a license from the Ontario government, Hilton's Unforgettable Tales, a parallel business handling the remains of pets, had been using the same process for a couple of years prior to Green disposition. But it took longer to get a license to handle human remains. The owner, Dale Hilton, who is from a family of funeral home operators in Smith Falls, said he watched as the green wave swept through the funeral industry, bringing biogradable ta- caskets and urns. Hilton said he started the alkaline hydrolysis business in the newly named Galapau Center as an alternative to the traditional energy using flame-based cremation process. It brings your body back to its natural state, Hilton said. It's the same way as being buried in the ground. The ocean in large numbers can be good for the ocean. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. We're, see, green people know nothing about the environment. Uh, proponents of the process say traditional cremations typically take between three and four hours to complete and release about 250 kilograms of, oh my God, carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. My, oh, no carbon, oh, no carbon dioxide, oh my God. You know, well, if all you left-wing lunatics killed yourself, there'd be less carbon dioxide because that's what we exhale. So, really, if you want to make a difference, I got just, just saying. Uh, no, I'm not asking anybody to kill themselves while asking them to kill themselves. It's a joke. Hilton system uses potash, salt, 
and water to break down a human body in a heated pressurized vessel resembling an MRI machine. After most of the body's organic material is dissolved in the alkaline solution, the dark-colored caustic fluid goes through two filter systems at aqua-green dispositions before it's sent into the Smith's Falls sewage treatment system. Oh, if it's going in the sewage treatment system then, and it's already pre-filtered, maybe. I, I still don't. I still don't think that could be good for the ocean. You were introducing a foreign. Every time you introduce something foreign into into like an ecosystem, it upsets the ecosystem. That's just a fact. All right. Before Aquagreen disposition opened, Ted Joint, the superintendent of facilities for Smiths Falls, and the municipal employee responsible for water treatment, inspected the business. We keep an eye on these things," said Joint whose staff samples the water discharge by the users of the Gallipay Center campus weekly at the point where it enters the town's sewer system. Joint said staff measures two spikes in the output readings from the Gallipay Center over the last year, but these measurements were within the range of acceptable for commercial water users, and in any case, the abnormalities couldn't be definitively traced back to aquagreen disposition. We consistently monitor for about the last year, it's nothing to be concerned about, nothing more than what happens at other industries, said Joint, adding that the town would increase the frequency of sampling if there were concerns about abnormally poor discharge. Joint acknowledges the process of a large number of bodies could be challenging for the water treatment plant. It could be a problem. We haven't experienced that yet. I don't know how many bodies they'd have to do in a day for that to be a problem, he said. Good Seems Lord. to me like you should make them have tests <laughs> so they know the long-term ramifications of their dumping stuff into the ocean. Again, it's an ecosystem. It's just an ecosystem very much separate from ours. And you just cannot add a bunch of foreign stuff into an ecosystem without causing it to be, well, offended, if you will. The liquid mixes with all the other wastewater from Gallipau Center, so it tends to dilute it down quite a bit before it gets in our pipes. The computerized aquagreen disposition system takes less than two hours to dissolve most organic material. Once the cycle is complete, the caustic fluid from the pressure vessel passes through two filters and on into a municipal sewer system, leaving only the skeleton behind. Now wait, you keep saying they have filters. What are you filtering out? That means nothing to me. There's all kinds of filters, but what are you filtering? What exactly are you filtering out of the process? I just kind of say it passes through two filters. Means nothing to me. Crap flows through all kinds of filters. Now the skeleton, this, those bones soft and wet from alkaline Ow! hydrolysis. Alkaline hydrolysis process are then dried in a convection oven, pressed into a fine white powder, and finally returned to the loved one's family to be scattered. The total weight—that's uh, not going to go. That's not going to go for Christians. I'll tell you right now, because it's only part of the body. If they go for cremation at all, because the raising of the body—they don't believe that they should be cremated. They have to be buried. This is this causes all kinds of interesting problems. Because we're running out of land to bury people. What's wrong, Susan? 
Why is it saying our show trailer is one minute and 52 seconds? I don't care what it says. Just play it. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening on uncooperativeradio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're at it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.